You are now listening to the Q&E Podcast. Is this what you want? Huh? Is this what you want? I'm coming in again, damn What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Q&E Podcast, and you're here with your boy Q Hicks right now. And I got Egger on the other line. Egger, tell the people what's good. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Q&E Podcast. We just want to say we hope y'all had a Merry Christmas. I hope Hanukkah was good. Uh, I think they're in the middle of Kwanzaa. Uh, so happy holidays to everybody. We approaching the new year. This is our last episode of 2022 before we break into that new, um, new year of 2023. So we just want to say thank y'all for listening to us all year for our on regular listeners if you've become a new listener in the past few months or in anywhere in this year 2022 we want to say thank you and we hope y'all go with us into the new year yes sir we definitely appreciate all of you guys if this is your first time listening to the q e podcast we do have five segments we have our sports segment to why wednesday social media wants to know entertainment and current events and past the ox so definitely stick with us through this whole entire episode uh, social media wants to know until our Wednesday kind of light for this week, so we might be skipping right to entertainment and current events, but we will be going over our NBA All-Star predictions. Obviously, we're going to hit you guys with the NFL week, week 16 recap, and we have to talk about the college football playoff, which is coming up this weekend. So this will still be a jam-packed show, so definitely stay tuned throughout the whole thing. Also, uh, for all of your betting needs, go to BovadaSportsBook.com. And starting off with the NFL Week 16 recap, we got trouble in Miami. So obviously Miami, the Miami Dolphins are on a slide right now, coming off a loss to the Packers, three-game losing streak. And now Tua has just been uh, called out for this game against the Patriots, which is honestly a do-or-die game because the Patriots, the Jets, the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins are all fighting for the seventh seed. And currently, the Dolphins are slotted at seventh, but it can go either way, especially with no Tua. So, Edgar, what? how do you feel about the Dolphins situation right now with the Tua thing, him not playing as well? And can Teddy save the day for this team? I don't think Teddy can save the day, um, but I don't think it's anything we need to criticize Teddy for. Uh, granted, you you are going to be the quarterback for this game and most likely the, the next game to end the season, but I don't I don't want to take away from the fact that the Dolphins need to really make a decision on Tua's health and Tua's future. I know Tua wants to get back out there bad, and I'm sure the Dolphins want him out there bad. But, bro, in a span of, what, three months, this man has had at minimum two concussions and three head injuries in total. One was so gruesome that they didn't even want to show replays, bro. And the fact that he's recently come forward to the coaching staff and say he's experiencing concussions. Yeah. He had to tell them, yeah. Yeah, like, bro, this is a this is something that we just cannot take lightly, bro. And I wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't let him play at all the rest of the season. Even if Miami does some crazy shit and just keeps going in the playoffs, like they win the next game and the next game. I would not be surprised, and I would not be mad if they just didn't play Tua, bro. I know we love, you know, players fighting through pain and whatnot, but this is a different type of thing, bro. This isn't like you hurt your arm or you hurt you hurt your shoulder or your leg or something. This is your brain. This is something that could affect you with immobilization later in your life and and all of that. 
So I think Tua just really um he he needs to evaluate himself because if they give him the clear to play, or if he's they don't play. give him the clear to play, he's he's got to know that in himself to say whether or not he know he he knows whether he should or should not step on that field. I would not be mad if he doesn't play the rest of the season, but if you do decide, at least just wait to the playoffs at this point. Wait a full two weeks minimum. And that's where I was at with the Tua situation too, bro, because honestly, I think he has had three concussions this season. Obviously, yeah. you could talk about that game uh, when the first one was. It was the first one against Buffalo. The second one yeah. was against the Bengals. Then we had this one against the Packers. I think, I think he's had three. Obviously, he didn't go out for that Buffalo game, but I think he's had three. Mm-hmm. And this same situation happened with Luke Keekley, bro. And it, yeah. obviously, I'm a Carolina Panther fan, so this hits home for me because Luke Keekley had three concussions in one year, and he was forced to retire. Even though Luke Keekley, he's a Hall of Fame player, obviously, he's one of the fiercest competitors, it just got to a point where I'm risking my life, my livelihood for a game. You know what I'm saying? And that's really what it comes down to. Even though you've loved the sport, you played this sport for uh, your whole life, you still have to think about life after football, bro. And that's how Tua has to think. Even if the medical doctors say you're clear, you have to think about life after football. Because if you get another concussion, uh, obviously knock on wood, in the playoffs, like, bro, that's four concussions, assumedly, in one year. Like we and don't it even gets know worse and it, it gets, gets worse. worse it's going to get worse time at the time. And the fact that they're not seeing these when they happen is more of a problem, especially with the one and with the, the Dolphins, not the Dolphins, but the one with the bills and this game, nobody is seeing the effects of it. It shows how dangerous it is too. Like you can just be walking around regularly and you could be having a concussion. So he really has to sit himself down, bro. Like even like maybe his family has to talk to him and, speak on like the 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 real effects of it the after football effects but he has to sit down bro and and obviously it puts the dolphins in a tough position but still you got to think about even if you think about Tua next year Tua the year after that you still have to think about the the next year too so if i was Tua, i wouldn't come back bro i'm risking too much coming back and i understand his hunger to want to come back because first off just being an athlete you have that desire to want to play and that's something we we can't shortchange Tua with. That's something we can't criticize Tua with. Tua has the heart, and he wants to play, and he wants to give his best effort. So we give him kudos for that. But he also has that hunger right now because this is an important time in his career, not just with the Dolphins, but for hey, any team he might go to in no, the future. You, you feel what I'm saying? Because yeah. – go ahead. No, I was just saying because people were already having him in trade talks before all this concussion stuff happened. Or even if it wasn't trade talks, if he was a free agent, the Dolphins probably not re-signing him for future purposes. And that's the point I wanted to break up, bro, because obviously that was a tough game how it ended for the, the, the Dolphins. Obviously they were leading that entire first half against the Packers. And it felt like something was wrong with Tua in the, the last quarter or the second half anyway because – he played so well in the first half, and then he just didn't look like Tua. You felt he like threw something three was picks. wrong. He threw three picks in a quarter. He threw three picks in the fourth quarter. So it felt like something was wrong because, like I've said before, Tua is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. That's just yeah. not happening. You know what I'm saying? By scheme. Like, he's not somebody who just turns the ball, ball over like that. So obviously something was wrong with him. And I heard that the coaches and, like, the team as a whole – they were in the meeting on Monday, and they had to tell Tua, like, you have to go to the office. You have to go to the medical office and get checked out because something didn't look right with you on the field. So he didn't right. feel any effects from the concussion. But when he out, he got checked out, that's when they said, yeah, you got a concussion. 
So just seeing it on film, he didn't look the same in that second half because I think in the third quarter, that's when he uh, ended up getting slammed on his head. So you can see it. But going to your trade point, obviously Tua's had a rough, rough month, rough last three, four games. So everybody's been talking about Lamar Jackson now ever since this. That was a big rumor coming into this season, especially with Lamar well, his contract situation is shaky with the Ravens. I'm starting to hear more Lamar Jackson to the, the Dolphins right now. And with Tua coming off those uh those that month of games where he wasn't playing as well, he looked solidified at the beginning of the season. Now it's like, oh, yeah. he can get traded in. It's not that big of a deal because it, it's a clear upgrade going to Lamar Jackson from Tua. And we just got to say it. You know what I'm saying? Even though you got to give up a couple of firsts for Lamar, for Lamar Jackson, from what Tua has showed up this past month, can Tua do it for a whole season? It's still so many questions that goes into Tua where Lamar Jackson is a proven commodity. You know what I'm saying? So more trade noise is starting to come up when he looked like a, a solidified player halfway through the season. He was an MVP candidate halfway or like even 10 weeks through the season. So, But these last four games have people questioning. And now we got to question your injury history too. And when he first got into the league, it was either his first season or his second season. I don't know if you remember, but remember I said, and this was for different reasons, because I was specifically talking about his hip injury pass mm -hmm. with Alabama. I said Tua, it was a two-hour Wednesday. I think I said Tua will not last longer than five seasons in the NFL. And now we're coming to that point with his health, even though it's not his, his, um, his hips or anything like that, we are circling back to the health scare of, damn, should you even keep playing? Bump this season. Like, just in general, LaShawn McCoy came point. out and said that today. Yeah. He was like, bro, if I'm too, I'm thinking about if I even want to keep playing, period. I get That's three, what I'm saying. I get three concussions. Two, in a two year. official. Because two. They, they, lo they love saying that Bills one, like you said, they love saying that Bills one wasn't a concussion. So I'll just say two because was that was literally an woozy one. getting up. <laughs> yeah. But bro, three concussion, three concussions in one season is already wild. But three concussions in a span of a few weeks. I was about like, to say it wasn't no, even bro, a year, bro. Good. It was it's been like eight weeks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like eight to ten weeks. That's what's even scarier about the situation. Yeah, like I said, Luke Keekley is a perfect blueprint for this same type of situation. He was on a Hall of Fame career. He loved playing football. He had three concussions in a span of a year. He had to stop playing football. Even though he was on this Hall of Fame track, he had to be smart and think about life after football because there is going to be life after football for Tua. So you have to be smart in these type of situations. Y'all see Andrew Luck did it. Andrew Luck can have no problem saying, hey, I'm yeah. yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying, bro. When your livelihood after football is on the line, you got to really think long and hard. It's not some shit where it's like, oh, they're going to tell me, to, uh, they're going to clear me and I'm back in. It's like, nah, bro, you got to really think about this shit long and hard. You know what I'm saying? So this is not an easy deci decision. For Tua, even though the Dolphins are fighting for a playoff spot, even like I said, even if he wants to play next year, you got to think about the health going into next season. You don't want to have a quarterback coming off three concussions, like I said, knock on wood, if he possibly gets another one in the playoffs. So that's some things you got to think about. Because honestly, Tua has to change his game at this point. Not that he's doing anything right now to put himself in situations where he gets slammed to the ground like this. But think about it, and and not everybody's Tom Brady. Not everybody has it down to a science like this. But how many times have we really seen over the last three to four years have we seen Tom Brady just get slammed to the ground? It's been little to none. Like, if he gets slammed, he's getting completely blindsided. 
But if he sees any hit coming, if he sees any tackle in the pocket about to happen, he damn near falls to the ground halfway before a defender even touches him. Mm. Because he's like, look, I'm already old as hell. I ain't trying to be old as hell and get slammed. But two ain't at that same age, though. Two don't want to fight for true. every yard. You know what I'm that's saying? That's true. And, and that's why I said he's at a point right now where he has to completely rearrange his game. Mm. I know you don't want to do that because you do have youth on your side as to where somebody like Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they don't. Mm-hmm. But to to have some type of longevity still, I already think he's not going to play as long as everybody else in his draft class or even younger. If you want to have anything further than five to six years to a, you got to start falling on purpose. I ain't going to lie. If you don't see a pass within the first five to six seconds and you can't get a clear run out of bounds, just fall to the ground, bro. Not even lying to you. If you want to preserve. But like I said, but but like you said before, these aren't plays where anything on his part is the problem. You know what I'm saying? Even though there are certain runs where Tua doesn't slide, like the plays where he's been concussed. There have been plays just in the pocket. Somebody just sacks them in the pocket. It's like it's nothing anybody could do. This could have happened to any of these other quarterbacks in the league if they would have got slung down like that. You That's can true. blame his size for that. People can't slam down like the Herberts because Herbert Josh is 6'5". The Josh, because they're bigger quarterbacks and Tua is only six foot. But still, that could have happened to anybody the way he's been slammed down. I showed the play from this past game against the, the Packers. He was literally right outside the tackle box. So it's like anybody could have got tackled right there. In all of these games, these are regular sacks. And he just and, got slammed. And these, the are, these are muscular 350-pound linemen. Slam down somebody seven. who's 200. Probably 200. Like, yeah, soaking wet. So. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely that. And going to the Teddy point, if can Teddy say it a day? I don't know, man. Teddy is a, one of the best backups in the league. So I give him that credit. Uh, and they no. have the weapons too, though, bro. They have the weapons for him to make something shake with Tyreek, Waddle, a, a couple of good running backs. I don't know, bro. You got to play Bill. Bill, bro, Bill in your first week of the season. Is but nuts. he used to Bill. He used to Bill at this who, point. Who you talking about? I mean, no, nobody ever just gets used to Bill, but he's seen Bill before multiple times to know the task at hand of playing a Bill Belichick team, no matter Man. who the quarterback is. That's it's a, a tough lot way to, to ask. Play in, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a lot to ask. And then to still have to possibly go to the playoffs, that's why I say no. I say no, just I don't want to put that pressure on Teddy. I don't want to put that pressure on Miami at this point. Miami is a team I'm just Xing off at this point of any Super Bowl hopes. The fact that they can mm-hmm. still possibly make the playoffs, that should just be enough for them at this point since they've lost their star quarterback. And honestly, that was the expectation coming into the season for Miami was just make the playoffs. They were ahead of schedule when they were eight and three, potentially yeah. could have won this division. They were over exceeding. They were, they were, yeah, they were exceeding expectations. So I feel like they're still on track from the timeline on what they're on right now. You know what I'm saying? They still got a couple of first round draft picks. You still got Tua, or even if you trade those first round picks and get somebody like Lamar, Miami fans should not work. You know what I'm saying? That's my point. They should not work. Like they're still in good hands. I think Mike McDaniels is a terrific coach. I think they're still in good hands moving forward. So even if they just make the playoffs or they don't make the playoffs, they're still around where a lot of people expected them. But I don't think Teddy, I don't know, bro. That's a couple of, because I think he got the Jets after this. Next week, I think he got the Jets. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough back-to-back, bro. That's a tough It is. It is. Defenses. So I don't know if T- Teddy can save the day. Moving on to the next topic we have. Is Derek Carr's career as a starter over? And this is a serious question. 
I mean, I was somebody who had high praise for Derek Carr coming into this season. I thought the Raiders were going to have the best offense in the fucking NFL. I look like the dumbest nigga on earth when I <laughs> say that because they can't score any fucking points. Hey, you, but, you, you gonna be on that cold takes Twitter? No, account. no, no bullshit, <laughs> no bullshit. Because I really thought that. I thought with Waller, you bring in the number one, which Derek Carr has never had throughout his career. You got Josh Jacobs, Renfro was uh, coming off a great season. I'm like, this is the most weapons he's ever had. And obviously with Waller, he's barely played. Renfro's barely played. Devontae has been his only reliable option. But a lot of this falls on Derek Carr and him just not looking good enough this year. And I feel like it all culminated in this Christmas night game. Was this Christmas or Christmas Eve? Whichever one. Uh, Christmas Eve. I yeah, this was the Christmas Eve game. But the game against the Steelers, it all really culminated. Because in that fourth quarter, Derek Carr sold the game, bro. He sold the game. He threw a couple of picks in the in the second quarter, which, which made you shake your head. There were open receivers that he was just clearly missing. Uh, missing. And then we heard news today that he will be bitched for Jared Stidham <laughs> for the Raiders over this next couple of weeks. They weren't making the playoffs, but being bitched for Jared Stidham is just like, if that doesn't tell you anything about your status in the NFL, my God, that tells you a lot. So is Derek Carr's career as a starter over? I say no. I feel like Derek. I feel like Derek Carr can go to any other formable team right now and be good. I feel like Derek Carr could be a starter, bro. If Baker Mayfield can somehow do what he's doing with the Rams <laughs> and get traded to another trash team and be a starter, if Sam Darnold can be a starter, if Mitch Trubisky can be a starter, Derek Carr ain't just fell off the face of the earth. Russell Wilson is playing like complete trash this season. We're going to talk about him. he's still going to be the starter. And like you said, we're going to talk about him in a second. But the fact that Derek Carr, who is probably having the worst season of his career, I'm not going to let this be enough to make me say, yeah, Derek Carr just can't be a starter no more. He's just a backup at this point. And I want to, I got to point the finger at Josh McDaniels a little bit. What kind of message are you sending to the locker room benching the one of the captains of your team when it's like, bro, it's quarterbacks out here playing way worse that are still starting. Like, come on, bro. Like, nah, and, and I don't know if there's Derek, anybody playing worse than Derek Carr right now, bro. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a couple. It may not be a lot, but it's a couple. Let me go through his stats, bro. Let me go through his stats. So that's the play against Pittsburgh right there where he threw the, the yep. game ceiling pick. But look at Derek Carr's stats over the past four weeks, bro. This man can't stop throwing interceptions. From November 27th, yeah, he's I'm not taking nothing away game. from that. My goodness. He two I, picks I'm not against taking nothing away from that. Pick against the Chargers. So over the past, what is that? One, two, three, four, five games, he's thrown nine picks. Like, bro, come on, bro. Come on. You got to be better than that. And I, I totally agree. Like I said, if you want to say this is probably the worst season of his career, like as fully healthy throughout the season, I won't take that away from you. I agree. But I won't let this one season just completely blank my memory oh, okay. of what Derek Carr can be. Like, if you put Derek Carr on the Bucks right now, if you put him on the Saints, if you put him oh. on the Colts, if you put him on any type of team that has a halfway decent level Would of you talent, want Derek Carr or Tom Brady? I don't think Tom Brady's staying, so... But I'm saying, I, I'm talking about right now. Right now, yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, right now. To be honest, yes, right now. I don't know about that 
I don't know about well, that. Well, you we we would have to ask about more that has to change because I don't like the coaching in Tampa right now. Would I want Derek Carr with the same as that coaching in the same as that situation? No, I'd rather just keep Brady. But if I'm in a perfect situation in Tampa where I got the coach that I want and it's the same team, and you drop Derek Carr instead of Tom Brady, I wouldn't be mad at it. I say, yeah, especially because Derek Carr younger too, and I ain't got to worry about him thinking about retirement and all that shit. Say but yes I'm just that. talking about as a quarterback. I'm saying who's the better. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about thinking into the future or who's younger. I'm talking about right now. Would you rather want Tom Brady or Derek Carr? Based off of this season alone? What I you've seen from Tom? Because Tom hasn't looked good either. I want Derek Carr right now. Based off, of, based off of this season alone, I would rather have Derek Carr. I can't agree, bro. Don't I let the lack go, of, I go with Tom Brady, bro. Don't let the lack of interceptions for Tom Cloud. That's what. I, that's my point. That's the point I was gonna bring up. That's the point I was gonna bring up. It's been a lot of dirt balls. It's been a lot of dirt no, balls. For sure, for sure, for sure. But I'll take that because I I talk about it all the time with players like Jimmy G, those game managers type of quarterbacks, those quarterbacks who just don't turn the ball over. How they're so valuable to teams. But when you're somebody who risk it, you're a gunslinger like Derek Carr. You just say fuck it. And like I said, over this past five games, throwing nine picks, like, bro, I'd rather have somebody, even though he's throwing dirt balls, who's taking care of the ball, bro. I still value that over somebody who's just throwing that bitch away. Arm strength, you could talk about who has the better arm. Obviously, Brady's 45, Derek Carr's 34. Yeah, Derek Carr got the better arm. But just taking care of the ball, who can maneuver in the pocket, I'm still taking Tom Brady, bro. I would still take him right now. And we got to think with the Raiders, bro. There's a lot of shit that Derek Carr has just had to deal with that other quarterbacks have not. So we can sit here and say, yes, this is probably the best situation that Derek Carr has ever been in, and he just kind of wet the bed. We can say that. But what about all the years when shit just wasn't going his way? That's true. And he made shit happen. So it's like, damn, we I, I understand. Don't get me wrong. We we it's fair to criticize him that damn, the one year you do got shit, you don't make nothing work with it. It's fair to criticize that. But then we could look back and say, hey, battling through injury, he played. Tanner got them to the playoffs. He was playing with some people that we didn't really know on the roster like that outside of a running game on with Marshawn Lynch or whatever, and they was making the playoffs. And head coach after head coach dealing with the John Gruden racist, sexist situation and have to go to the podium and answer that with pressure and all that. Derek Carr just had to deal with a lot of shit other star quarterbacks have not had to deal with, bro. So the one season – that we can fairly criticize him should not be the overall judgment on whether the man can be but, but hold on, hold on, bro, because people... Oh, hold on. You hear me? Yeah. Okay, but hold on now, bro, because we can talk about Russell Wilson in this same type of light. Russell Wilson was having good seasons in Seattle, and whoop, he has this trash can of a season in Denver, and niggas is writing him off saying he's cooked and all this Oh, I agree. Shit. I don't think he watched so yet. So how can now, we, how can we have a different standard for Russ? That we yeah. do for Derek Carr when Russ is more proven than Derek Carr. So that why are true. we saying Russ is cooked when Derek Carr looks just as cooked? Well, Russ cooked this season. They're both cooked this season. Let me let me not um misconstrue that at all. They're both <laughs> cooked this season. But I'm saying but, future people are I, saying Russ aren't, isn't going to do anything next year either. No, I, I think Russ will be better next year. Um, and he's going to be with Denver for at least the next two seasons. It's yeah. just way too, much, too much money, money. put into Russell yeah, Wilson. So I, I can't even say any other team. With Denver, I think Russ will be fine. I think wherever Derek Carr goes, 
because I don't think I'm gonna tell y'all right now. I don't think he's staying with the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh no, he's definitely. I think I think this is over. Them benching him, like that's the kiss goodbye right there. So this offseason will be interesting for him to see where he goes. But they'll both be fine next season. I the question is with Russell Wilson, how can he get back to the Russell Wilson we know? I know Derek Carr can get back to where he needs to be, but the fall off with Russ, which is way harder than the fall off with Derek Carr. So now that's that's, that's true. And honestly, this is kind of a slap in the face to Devontae Adams. Because the yes. only reason Devontae Adams wanted to go to the Raiders was Derek Carr with him being his college teammate at Fresno State. So now you're going to get rid of Derek Carr, and it's like, damn. Now Devontae Adams just got to deal with whoever come in this bitch when who the fuck would want to go to Las Vegas and play for the Raiders if it wasn't for that relationship? Exactly. Now we got to start looking at Devontae like, damn, bro. You left one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time for this type of situation, especially this season when they look this shitty. And it looks bad. It's a bad look. And Aaron Rodgers making it work with them young boys. They might sneak into the playoffs at the last minute. Let's relax. Let's way. relax. No, Let's I'm, relax. I'm, we got to be real. I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. But the fact that have a fighting chance, more, more of a fighting chance than the damn Raiders to oh, make bro. the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers has been throwing the rookies this whole season. If, bro, if the Packers make the playoffs, Devontae gonna be sitting there mad as hell, bro. I'm gonna tell you right now, A Rod gonna be sitting over there smirking like you left the good, you <laughs> left the good. <laughs> that shit crazy, man. I think I don't think Derek Carr's career as a starter is over. I think he's going to get a job. I mean, yeah. look at all of the washed up quarterbacks the Colts have gotten over exactly. the last three, four Carson years. Carson Wentz is starting this goddamn weekend. Which we need to talk about because goddamn Washington Heineke got you to this point, <laughs> and you can just get rid of my nigga. What? The let, let me stay on topic here. But Derek Carr, yeah. <laughs> Derek Carr, I think he's going to be a starter for the Colts or for the Saints, whoever. But still, I don't know if he's going to have the same success. Because like you said last year, and that's why I was so high on Derek Carr coming into this season, bro. Because he made they made the playoffs last year, the Raiders did, when he yes. had no receivers. He Nigga just had, had Renfro. He had that Renfro and he had Waller. I'm like, you add a, a true number one, a top five receiver. This offense is going to go to another level, and the offense went down. Obviously, the changing of the offense, offensive coordinator change, Gruden isn't there anymore. But still, bro, it's just he just didn't look like the same player. So that's why I'm saying, like, yeah, he can go somewhere and start, but is he going to be good to the level of like, damn, he's a top 15 player? Like I was saying, like he's a French top 10. I don't know if he's that player anymore, bro. I, he he could be top 15. Derek Carr could be top 15. <laughs> on, on every quarterback's best day, Derek He Carr better hope he don't go to the Colts. Because every quarterback that gets traded to the Colts is cooked. Matt Ryan, yeah, Phillip Rivers, Nick Foles, all them niggas is cooked. Carson so if you Wayne. get traded there, I already know your fate. <laughs> <laughs> I already know your fate if you get traded to the Colts. You cooked, my nigga. I ain't even got to worry about you no more. <laughs> With Jeff Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They better get rid of him, but they still got that stink of Jeff Saturday in the locker room for sure. They still would have his stink in there. All right. It's funny because the next topic was is rush finish, but we already talked about it a little bit. But do you have anything else to add on with the Russell Wilson conversation? Um, Something that needs to be said, and I'm sure there's a lot of people on Twitter saying it, going at Russ's head. People have been going at Russ's head all season on social media. But, bruh, the locker room is not behind Russ at all. 
Like to the point to where they're not even just arguing with Russ anymore. You got people on the sideline arguing with each other, and I'm sure it's because of whatever shit Russ is not doing. <laughs> so the fact that the whole locker room is just at a disarray right now, and people have been coming out saying that Russ's attitude as a leader just isn't where they want it to be. Cause I heard Shannon Sharp say this morning, it was either this morning or yesterday morning or whatever. He was saying how, and I, I take Shannon's word for it. He tied into the Broncos just as much as Peyton Manning. So he's been saying people have been coming out saying attitude. They don't like the fact that he gets all, he walked in with all this privilege, which he probably should have had. He's Russell Wilson. He did a great job in Seattle, but damn, you come in the Broncos country, like you top dog and you got all this shit. And then you lay an egg this season the way you did, and you're not really taking much accountability for it, it's like outside of just going to the point and saying, I got to play better. Well, I got to play hate better. That damn, shit, bro. Damn, I hate Russ, that we shit. know that, but can you give any true criticism of yourself? Yeah, bro. Like, he, he really beats around the bush and gives that same answer at the podium every time. So my thing is with Russ, I'm not even worried about him physically. Can he, is he finished? I'm worried about is he finished when it comes to like really being a leader, like having a team rally behind him. That's but that I'm was something that was something in Seattle too that they criticized. That's why a lot of those people from the Legion of Boom days, like Richard Sherman and a lot of people on that defense, did not like Russ. They felt like Pete Carroll was trying to uh, separate uh, Russell Wilson, trying to praise him up and trying to lead, uh, put him on a pedestal, basically. Now, people did not like that. They didn't like that preferential treatment, and they didn't like his leadership style, bro. But you see, so Pete Carroll and Russ started bumping heads, too. And exactly. everybody called Pete Carroll crazy for letting Russ walk out the building when it's like, hey. He's like the smartest nigga in the building. If we got people in Broncos country saying the same shit now, eventually Who's the we common denominator? Russ, bro. Who's the common yep. denominator? And I'm, I'm not trying to say Russ is just this bad person. But it's like, damn, bro, you got 10 people. He's rubbing to niggas the, the wrong way, though, bro. It's, exactly. it's the same thing, bro. Like, you don't got to be an asshole, but it's sometimes your personality just rub niggas the wrong way. It's not even anything you're doing that you're trying to do purposefully, but it's like, I don't fuck with this nigga. But for some reason, like, some it's niggas the just corny shit all over life. again, bro. It's yeah. the corny argument all over That's what I'm saying. That's, what, that's honestly what it is, though. Like, it's not even you personally. It's not even something that you're doing purposefully. But it's like, bro, you as a nigga, like, I don't fuck with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you ain't one of the guys. And I feel like that's something that has been called out about Russell Wilson. Like, you just not one of the guys who you going to go out with a beer with us after the game. And you finna kick it with us after the game and get into some And they said he didn't do that. Somebody, yeah. bro, somebody said he didn't. I think Emmanuel on Echo said he did something. It was one time he was supposed to be practicing with the Broncos. He left practice early. And missed out on doing all the team shit. First off, finishing practice. And then doing all the team shit with them afterwards. Hanging out, going to get something to eat. Just getting a chance to know each other, blah, blah, blah. He left to go to Serena's tennis match. And, like, mm -hmm. my dog got fly. He got fresh or whatever. Basically had a half day at work. And didn't hang out with the team after. And went to do his own shit. And it's like, you come back and you play like this? And all you got to say is, oh, I need to play better. Uh, it's, it's not my standard, but need to play better. Like, no, shit. we don't want to hear that shit. Like, <laughs> so come on, bro. Russia's got to step it up next season in the locker room and on the field. Yeah, and that's that was something else I wanted to talk about with Derek Carr. His his honestly, his career was really defined when he started crying on that damn damn podium. I fucked with Derek Carr all the way until that nigga was crying at the podium thinking that he was fucking Tim Tebow. That's when I stopped <laughs> fucking with Derek Carr, dog. That's when I stopped fucking with... Once I see that... 
Bruh, you could have played trash this whole season. I would have been rocking with you, bro. But you cry on the podium and y'all continue to do the same bullshit. That shit turned hey, me off, bro. At that least Tebow delivered. At least you feel what delivered. I'm saying? Like, you <laughs> niggas need to go on an extreme winning streak after doing all that bullshit. You lost. You cried. Y'all won like two games in a row. Same old bullshit. You lost to Baker Mayfield, my nigga. It was like, all right, my nigga. Y'all got their career was kind of <laughs> sealed up in that, that damn, in that, that podium right there. That's crazy. But I agree with you, though, bro. I think Russ will have a better season next year. I really do. Yeah. I think they're going to bring an offensive coach because they fired Nathaniel Hackett, so he's going the head coach. I think they're going to bring in an offensive coach because they had a Super Bowl defense, bro. And I think that's why so many people are pissed at Russell Wilson because your defense was holding people to 17 points every game. Every game, your defense was holding them to 17 points. You just had to give us something, bro, and you couldn't give us anything. And that's why in this past game against the, the Rams they played, it was like the defense was playing well. Russell Wilson threw two picks at the beginning of the game, and the defense felt like they just stopped playing because it's like, if this nigga don't give a fuck, why should we? That's how it really came off, and they lost 51-14 to because their defense just said, fuck it. That nigga don't give a fuck. We 5-8. and eight. Fuck this team. <laughs> and that's really how it felt, bro. So he's rubbing off on the whole team with his play, bro. He has to tighten up, dog. Because I don't think up. that many people – expected a Super Bowl out of the Broncos. All I I expected possibly an MVP. He was my MVP favorite before the season started, which I don't think was a crazy... um, A lot of people were predicting that. Yeah, a lot of people were predicting that. I was predicting an MVP, and we were predicting playoffs. We we didn't see... Nobody really sat here and said the Broncos should be one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) We just knew this team was going to be way better than what they over the past few years and Russ was going to have an MVP caliber season to where he might finally get the award and they just completely popped the balloon and like ruined that shit completely <laughs> expectations <laughs> super low going and the crazy thing about them like you said they can't get off of Russ for another two years because they have like 150 million dollars over the next two years that they have to pay to him like that's for sure guaranteed money so actually I think it's around it's like 82 yeah, it's like gonna be like eighty-two million dollars of dead cap space. If yeah, if like, they get rid of him, because I think this year they got to pay him one twenty, and then next year they got to pay him eighty something. So it's like two hundred, because he had like two hundred and something like guaranteed. So you can't get off of this money. It's too much money involved. So I feel bad yeah. for that defense, and you have no first round picks to improve yep. anything around you. I still think they have the pieces around them, but the offensive line. Where are you going to get this offensive line from? Or at least high quality draft picks. You gave them all to Seattle. Now, that's why I said earlier about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll looks like the smartest dude in the room. He got rid of Russ early and then had a better year with Geno and has the Broncos draft picks. I think they're about to have a top five pick just off the Broncos. They're so going to get like, a quarterback. They're going to get um. That shit they're going to get a quarterback. They're going to get a defensive um secondary piece. Bro, Seattle finna build, bro. Pete Carroll finna build they that finna shit. build. Bro. And that damn Pete Carroll already 99. This nigga finna be like 150 still coaching. <laughs> like, this shit is nuts, bro. This You, you just <laughs> gave him more energy to coach. He gave this nigga more energy to coach. This nigga, bro, this nigga Pete Carroll has been coaching my entire life. Like, before I was even alive, this nigga was like still coaching. That nigga started coaching in the 60s. He was, he was coaching with Joe Paterno them. He was out there coaching with Joe Paterno. <laughs> Old ass nigga. <laughs> All right, moving on to the next topic. 
We got oh, Justin shit. Jefferson for MVP. So a lot of people have been bringing this topic up because we're getting closer to the end of the season. Jalen Hurts is not playing. We don't know if he's going to play this week. It's kind of uncertain. A lot of people are saying that Mahomes is the MVP. He's the odds on favorite. But more people say that this should not be a quarterback award. With the, everything that Justin is Jefferson, Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson is doing, he's about to be the first 2,000-yard receiver. He's breaking receptions records, or he's about to break a receptions record in the NFL. Why is he not getting the MVP love that all these quarterbacks are getting? So should he be a top three, or should he be MVP? Well, he's already a top five candidate. I think um, I forgot what um, betting, not betting odds, but I forgot what uh, voting odds were shown. But he's he's clearly behind all the quarterback nominees. But he's his name is in the conversation. But I don't think a wide receiver will ever get the award. It's strictly a quarterback and sometimes a running back award. I forgot who the last running back was. To win um MVP, Ty Gurley well, uh, was Ty, Ty MVP. Maybe no, he was Offensive Player of the Year. They get they gave the MVP to somebody else. I think it was Peyton Manning that year. I think Ty I forgot Gurley. who the last. I forgot who the was last it AP? running back was. It was. It was. AP. It was AP. It was AP. It might have been twenty twelve. It was twenty twelve. Yep, because he came into the league yeah. in two thousand eight, so it was twenty twelve for sure. It was twenty twelve. Twenty Adrian Peterson won in um twenty twelve. So mm-hmm. it's already 99% of the time it's going to be a quarterback, and you might every now and then get a running back. I don't think it'll ever be a wide receiver. Um, Somebody made a good point of, goddamn, Cooper Cup won the Triple Crown last year. They ain't even try to talk about him for MVP. Not so it's like, damn, like, even though, which is historical in itself, so even though Justin Jefferson is also doing something historical, or at least has a chance to with the 2,000 yards, I just don't think it'll ever be enough, especially now that we got offensive player of the year. If we only had the MVP award, then yeah, they would probably have to have a much but stronger you gotta, consideration for him. But you got to look at the context of what how these Vikings games have been going and how he's been saving oh, yeah, the Vikings. Oh yeah, he's the most valuable person because, on that team. Because sure. I think it really is encapsulated in that one, one-handed catch that is yes. one of the greatest... It's all encapsulated in that one catch. He's been doing that basically the whole season. He hasn't been yes. making those catches, but how he's been saving the the Vikings at every turn of the of the the the, the game. So I think he should be in the MVP conversation. I think that's some bullshit, bro. If running backs can get that MVP love, or at least more MVP love than wide receivers, I think wide receivers should be on that same level. Quarterback will always be above everything else because that's the number one position. But I think with a situation like Justin Jefferson, bro, when he's putting the whole team on his back, feels like I think you got to give him a little more love than just top five. I think that should be and, top and I'm, three. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I, I totally agree with you. But I, I think running backs have a stronger case than wide receivers because you got to think about who touches the ball the most yeah. on the offense. It's the quarterback and the running back. Like the Titans with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry – if he's having a lights out season, he has to be in MVP conversations because he's touching the ball just as much as the damn quarterback. As opposed mm-hmm. to Justin Jefferson, he might touch the ball 10 times. He's only touching the ball 10 times a game if the coverage is just absolutely terrible. You might mm-hmm. have three weeks in a row where Justin Jefferson only touched the ball like six to seven times, but Dalvin Cook touched the ball like 30 times every other game. So it's just the fact that Justin Jefferson's 
stats and impact is a lot bigger than Dalvin Cook's. If Dalvin Cook was having a lights out season this year, he might be in more talks than oh, just no, for Jefferson. sure. Because currently, yeah. Kirk Cousins is top 10 in MVP consideration. And that goes to your point of that the quarterback touches the ball at all steps of the way. So obviously he has to get that same type of consideration. But the best player on that team is obviously Justin Jefferson, who is top five on Bavada according to MVP odds. And according to this, Patrick Mahomes is like a runaway favorite at this point. Damn near. At, at minus 500. Joe Burrow is second at plus 600. And then you got Jalen Hurts at three. And obviously, I know Hurts was hurt, so that's going to be their excuse of why they don't give it to him. But damn, I felt like the media was waiting for that nigga to get hurt high key. So they oh, wouldn't yeah, yeah. have to give him the MVP. Because everybody yeah. this whole year been trying to force that shit on Josh Allen and Mahomes without giving the proper credit to Jalen Hurts, bro. And I think we seen his impact missed on Sunday night against the uh the Cowboys. They missed his presence. Minshew did a hell of a job. He, uh, he still had the boys in the game, but you can still see his impact on the ground was missed. The rushing attack wasn't as potent, and the throws just weren't there. Minshew couldn't make those throws that Jalen Hurts has grown accustomed to making. So we seen his impact on full display with this missed game, but everybody was like, ah, he missed the game. Oh, we can't give it to him. Because everybody was so ready to write him off because they didn't want to give him the MVP. It's like, bro, Jalen Hurts deserves way more respect than what he's getting, bro. He deserves way more respect. And the fact that they have one of the best records in the league right now, still, the fact that although people have been saying, you know, their strength of schedule is not that good, blah, blah, blah. I've been saying it for weeks now. I don't care how weak your schedule is. You still got to go out here and win these games because any given Thursday, any given Sunday, any given Monday night, anybody can win, bro. We've seen the Texans damn near beat the Cowboys and damn near beat the damn Chiefs back to back. Like, so who are we to say, you know, the Eagles just have this easy-ass schedule because the moment they lose a game in that easy-ass schedule, oh, we're ready to write them off. But then when they beat everybody and beat everybody handed part, well, they ain't really playing nobody no way. So I agree with you. They were really discounting Jalen Hurts all the way until like maybe week 13, week 14. That's when he finally got the lead in the MVP, but then he got hurt exactly. that week. Exactly. So and, you see and I'm it. not mad at I'm not mad at Joe Burrow jumping up the second because them boys have been on what a seven-game sure. win streak on mm-hmm. damn near on his back at this point. So I ain't mad at, at um what you call it, Joe Shiesty at number two. But I agree with Quincy. Jalen Hurts got to get a lot more MVP love. He should not mm-hmm. drop, even with him being injured probably these last two weeks. That's what he I'm saying. He should not drop low any lower than three. He should mm-hmm. still be a top three candidate, especially if Philly can't win. He should out still be top two season. to me, bro. He should still be top two, even though Burrow well, doing if, his if thing. Burrow keep, if Burrow keep winning and the Eagles finish out winning the rest of the season, then Hurts ain't going to be top two. But if the Eagles lose the rest of the season, Every game that Justin, um, um, not Justin, but uh, Jalen Hurts has not played, yeah, he mm. got to be top two. Because that means when I'm playing, we damn near look unstoppable. And when I'm not playing, we can't even win the rest of the season. So, yeah, it's true. All right. And moving on to the last topic before we dive into picks of the week, we have JJ Watt's retirement. Edgar, do you have any words about JJ Watt? He just said this week that this will be his last season. Uh, one of the greatest defensive players ever, bro. I think he started out college as a tight end, and then he just gained way out of nowhere, and they moved him to defense, and then the rest is here history from Wisconsin into the NFL. 
So the fact that he just made such a huge leap before our eyes and 12, 12 seasons goes by fast, bro. Because oh, when he boy. made that post, I was like, damn, JJ really finna quit. And it, it's funny because now TJ has the mantle and we look at TJ as one of the best defenders in the league right mm-hmm. now, or at least when it comes to, you know, D-line and all of that. So the fact that the legacy is continuing through his brother, it just makes you way more sat, even more satisfied with his career. The only, I think the only person to have what over 20 sacks in multiple seasons, mm-hmm. like that, that's crazy as hell, bro. Like undone before. I know we love to mention Lawrence Taylor and uh Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, and all them boys, Sean Taylor and whatnot, JJ Watt named Troy Palomalu. JJ Watt name has to be up there, bro. It has to be. No matter where you want to rank them, yeah. One of the top 20 best defenders we've ever seen. Bro. And you talk about somebody who can play all over the field, bro. That's the thing about JJ Watt. He wasn't just a defensive tackle. You can put him at the end. You can put him at damn defensive end. He'll play, he'll drop in the coverage a little bit too. So it was so many things about J.J. Watt, bro, that were special. He was a three-time defensive player of the year. Something that, and I think a lot of people get caught up in the the Aaron Donald wave, and for good reason. Obviously, he's one of the greatest defensive tackles we've ever seen. But before him, it was J.J. Watt who was doing that shit, who was getting the defensive player of the year. Eight-time pro bowler. He was an eight-time pro bowler. You know what I'm saying? Getting the 20 sacks a season. Like, this shit was crazy, dog. The type of run that J.J. Watt was on. So I agree with you fully. Like, really look at great. that. Like, like Quincy said, you going out with the you going out with the tight end getting a pick. Like, come on, bro. And then JJ he got Watt some touchdowns. He got some. Uh, he got some offensive touchdowns too. That's what I'm showing right here on the screen. He got some offensive touchdowns. He had five touchdowns one season apparently. Uh, when he had 20 and a half sacks, so that shit was crazy. Bro. JJ Watt different, bro. He was Just different, bro. Absolutely. He was different. That's why I said I don't think his career got overshadowed because I think he got the recognition that he deserved when he was playing and was yeah. in his prime. Like, getting three defensive players of the year is like, how many players have that? Like, that shit is nuts. And how many defensive players can you honestly sit here and say, if they go down, you lose hope in the team? There were seasons, even with Deshaun Watson. He was was their only hope. Before Deshaun, he was their only hope. No, no, but I'm saying, even when Deshaun was playing, if J.J. went down, bro, people was looking like, damn, it's going to even be a harder um, hump that Deshaun Watson has to get over. And like Quincy said before, Deshaun got there. That that's all they really had to bank He's on. The only hope <laughs> that was it. So if JJ Watt go down. Damn. If Aaron Donald go down, the offense is pretty much outside of this season. Obviously, when we're talking prime Rams, Aaron Donald go down. You missing out on the defense, but the offense is electric enough to keep you in the game. If goddamn Devin White goes down on the Bucks, Hall of Hall of not Hall of Fame, but um Super Bowl caliber team. You still got the offense. You still got um, Levante David. You still got Whitfield. You still got blah, blah, blah. If J.J. Watt goes down for the damn Houston Texans, who are you calling on? Mm-hmm. No one. Absolutely no one. <laughs> and this is the thing, because going back to the three-time Pro Bowler, he is only one of three people to do that. Lawrence Taylor, J.J. Watt, and Aaron Donald are the only three-time winners of the award. Joe Green, Ray Lewis, Mike Singletary, Bruce Smith, and Reggie White have won it twice. So only one of three in the same breath as Aaron Donald. Like I said, before Aaron Donald, there was J.J. Watt. (laughs) And a lot of people forget that, bro. So definitely easy Hall of Famer. But he's like, because I agree, somebody had talked about this before, of like how there should be tears in the Hall of Fame. 
everybody yeah. shouldn't just be in the same Hall of Fame. Like, why yeah. is what? Why is Deion Sanders in the same category as a lower tier? I don't know. I can't think of like a low tier. Eli like, Manning. Yeah, like an Eli Manning. Like, why are they in the same Hall? There should be tiers, bro. And I feel like he should be on like the highest tier of Hall of Famers for what he's done. You know what I'm saying? Especially for that Texans franchise when they were garbage, bro. He was their only light, like you brought up earlier, bro. So, fully, fully agree. Definitely shout out to him. Salute on everything. I think he just had a kid, too, so that's why he wants to transition into life after football. So, definitely salute to J.J. Watt, bro. And moving on to the NFL Week 17 preview. We got our picks of the week. First of all, what we got for games of the week for this week? I about to say Thursday night is Cowboys and Titans. That should be a blowout. Uh, Patriots and Dolphins on Sunday. A very important game for the Bucks versus the Panthers. This going to be the battle of who win the mm. NFC South, bro. So that's a big one. Yeah. Uh, who else? Vikings. I told y'all, bro. That hey, another statement game for the Vikings. If the Vikings want to prove to everybody they're not pretenders. The Packers have hope to make the playoffs. If you're the Vikings, go on the road, go to Lambeau, send Aaron Rodgers home. If the Vikings want to make a statement, that's what they got to do. So it's it's a few and we got games. Bills versus the Bengals, bro. Yeah, Monday, Monday night, night football. We got a few good games, bro. That Jets and Seahawks is going to be a big game because we're getting closer to the playoff game, uh, playoff time. So these games have a lot of implication on who's going to make the playoff. The Jets are still in it. Obviously, the Dolphins and Patriots are going to have that key game, but the Jets are still in ninth, and they can easily still move up to get that seventh spot. So it's a lot of a lot of things that could go their way. But starting off with picks of the week, we got Thursday night football, Cowboys versus the Titans. Uh, yeah, I got the Cowboys. Like I said, it, it should be a blowout. Yeah, this is a 12-point spread on Bavada. Easily the Cowboys. Bears versus Lions. Uh, Lions. Yeah, I got the Lions. Lions let me down, bro. They lost yeah. to the Panthers. I, the thing about the Panthers, the Panthers are a scrappy team. They've been showing that all year. I about to say, that's more about though. them. Yeah. That's more about the Panthers. The Panthers are scrappy. I mean, because they couldn't get anything going offensively, which shows how elite that defense is. If Oh, my goodness. I wish J.C. Horn out team. now, though, bro. J.C. Horn, Horn out. out. That's, that's, that's key. That's key. But that's why it hurts, bro, because we got so much talent on the defensive side of the ball, and we still don't got no fucking QB. That's why I wanted to take. But we keep winning <laughs> fucking games, dog. I'm still not happy about this shit. Dog. I'm really not. But, yeah, I got the Lions. Uh, Broncos versus Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs. Yeah, this is a 12-point spread on Bavada Chiefs. Browns versus Commanders. Uh, Browns. This is where I want to talk about Heineken. Come on. And I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed at Ron Rivera, dog. Why? When Heineke was y'all only saving grace throughout this season, y'all were two and five with wits. Should have been one and five, uh, one and six with wits because I remember that one game against the Bears with some fluke shit. But y'all should have been two. Y'all were two and five with wits. This nigga went six out of seven for you, and then you bitch him because of the last couple of games where he's had it neck and neck with the Giants. And then I forgot who they played this week. Who the Redskins played this week? Uh, who, who they played last week? Who they Redskins played last week? I'm like, oh, uh, the 49ers. They played it for that was a tough game. That was it's the 49ers, though. That defense is elite. But seeing what went he only then, had one pick. He only he, had one pick again. And that's an elite defense. But seeing what because if Wicks played, that nigga would have had three. 
But seeing what but seeing what Wentz did earlier in the season and what Heineke has done for you recently, why what makes you go back? I just it just doesn't make sense to me, bro. Especially when you're still in playoff contention. Because right now, aren't they in seventh still? I feel like they're still in seventh. They're in seventh. They're in seventh right now for a playoff spot. Let me see their last few games. Hold the on. Seahawks, the Lions are on their ass. The pa- Packers are on their ass. But you're still in seventh. So why would you go back to Wentz when he wasn't even so, the one who got you there? It doesn't make sense, bro. From November 14th, they've beaten the Eagles, and the Eagles were undefeated at that ah, point. The only loss. They beat the Texans. They beat the Falcons. They uh they tied with the, the Giants, but, mm-hmm. hey, they ain't lose. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> And then um, they had a bye week, and they played the Giants again, but they lost, and then they just lost to the 49ers. That's why I said the last two games was tough. Tough defenses. But he won six out of eight for you, bro. But like I said, Wentz was two and five. Wentz was two and five. What makes you – what gives you any confidence that he's going to be your saving grace when you've seen him fold last year for the Colts? The Colts should have skated into the playoffs last year, bro. Last exactly. game of the year, they played the Jaguars. And what that nigga went to do? Folded his ass off. So why would you go back to him with two weeks left? Over Heineke? It don't make sense. I blame Ron. You got a chance for the playoffs. <laughs> that shit crazy. And it, Heineke has showed you that he's easily the better clutch performer. That shit is nuts, bro. I got the, I got the Browns just off the strength of Wentz's ass. Oh, yeah. That's why I picked the Browns. <laughs> that shit is ridiculous, bro. Uh, Cardinals versus Falcons. Cardinals, I uh, almost said F Atlanta. That that's how I'm feeling, but I ain't gonna do them like that. I got the Cardinals. <laughs> I got the Cardinals. Uh Colts versus the Giants. <laughs> Just to go back to that, it's the fact I don't even know who the damn quarterback is for the Cardinals, right? Yeah, I seen him on uh Sunday night football. I ain't even know Trace McSorley. I don't know. Quarterback, I'm just not picking the Falcons. But I got, um, I got the Giants for the Colts and the Giants. Yeah, Jeff Saturday's Colts six point spread. (laughs) It should be bigger. Giants for sure. Dolphins versus Patriots. Uh, I got the Dolphins on the road. Ooh, I got the Pats three point spread on Bavada. I think the Pats take that home. Jags versus the Texans. Uh, Jags. Jags, yep. Jags are currently in playoff position because they got shout out my nigga Tannehill. Tannehill just got hurt and they lost his last game to the, the Texas too. So the Jaguars are in the playoffs right now. I got the Jags. Panthers versus the Bucks. Our season on the line. Never thought I I never <laughs> thought at the beginning of the season our season would be on the line playing the Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers in the huh? last home game of the season. But y'all, if there was Ever a time to make it click is <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> hey, let's start 2023 off with a clear new mindset. I got the Bucks winning at the crib. It, I ain't gonna say it's gonna be pretty, but we just gonna get the dub. I got the Bucks. That's how the, most of these games have been. You niggas just pulling out the dubs. <laughs> That's how most of them have been. I got the Panthers, man. Fuck it. They don't got this far to, and they smacked the Bucks last time they played them too. So I got the Panthers. Saints versus the Eagles. Uh, Eagles. Yeah, Eagles for sure. Six-point spread on Bavada. 49ers versus the Raiders. Uh, 49ers. Niners easily. Jets versus Seahawks. 
Who did I pick in the group chat? I think. I got the Jets. I don't, don't want to say the wrong thing. Mike I White is back. Mike White yeah, is back. So I would have the Jets. Yeah, shout out to him. We should. We could have talked about Zach Wilson, but I'm tired of talking about that nigga. He's oh like, yeah, no, 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 we ain't got to do that. Yeah, Rams, <laughs> Rams versus the yeah. Rams versus the Chargers. Chargers. Yeah, easy dub. Vikings versus Packers, three point spread, and the Packers are the favorite. On Bavada. I told y'all, bro. This game of the week, they got it at four twenty five for a reason, bro. This game of the week, but I got the Vikings on the road, Captain Kurt. It's time. <laughs> it's time, bro. Make that statement. I got the Vikings. I got the Vikings pulling it out for sure. And Steelers versus the Ravens. Uh, Ravens. Yeah, I got the Ravens. And Bills versus. It's crazy that the Steelers are seven and eight right now. This nigga Tomlin might pull out another five hundred or above five hundred season. That's just funny to me because I did not think yeah, they were good wow. this season at all. Uh, and Bills and Bengals. Uh, I got the Bengals, bro. Mm-hmm. I got the Bengals. Joe Shiesty. I got the... Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> one-point spread. Bill's a one-point favorite on Bavada. Yeesh. I got the Bengals at the crib. I got to go with the Bengals. Damn, that's going to have a lot of playoff implications, bro. Because Yeah, because if the Bills lose, would the Bengals be first in the AFC? I think What's they the would. Bengals record? The Bengals are eleven and four. The Bills twelve and three. I mean, both of them will be twelve and four. No, nah, that means the Bills will be if, first, or the Bengals will be what's first. The Chiefs. What's the Chiefs record though? But didn't the Bengals beat the Chiefs? Bengals beat the Chiefs. Oh yeah, damn. The Bengals would be number one. Woo! Damn. Win this game, they're going to be first in the AFC with one week left. So, ooh, this is a big yeah. I got the Bengals. I got the Bengals, bro. Oh, no killer. Just to go back. Key in this game. Just. Just to go back to that Vikings-Packers game, bro. Once again, I don't think it'll happen. But I won't be mad if it do. If A-Rod can somehow pull out a dub against the Vikings and keep the Packers' playoff hopes alive after the dumpster fire we seen the first half of this season and Christian Watson is coming into his own, like, and the team is actually... He just got hurt, though. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Even if he don't, that hey, that'll be even more of a case for what I'm finna say. <laughs> we gotta have we gotta have way more respect for A Rod for how he turned this season around, bro. If the Packers somehow, some way squeak into the playoffs, we cannot ignore that, and we gotta tip our cap to um Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. That's that's all I'm gonna say. I picked the Vikings, and my heart want the Vikings to win, but I will not be mad. If A-Rod go home to Lambeau Field and he pull out a dub and say, you motherfuckers, y'all thought y'all was going to get rid of me, but I'm in the postseason again. Yeah, I got the, yeah, like I said, I got the Vikings. I still got the Vikings winning that one. It's a different time. <laughs> it's a different time. It's our time. What the go- hey, what the nigga from the Goody said, it's our time now. I think the Vikings finna be hey, like that shit. That's what the Bears thought, and Aaron Rodgers said, "I'm never losing y'all." <laughs> nah, the y'all Bears, the yeah, team, Bears are a completely different case. Y'all the one team I would never lose to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, and moving on to the NBA, we're gonna do NBA All Stars, like we said earlier in this pod. NBA All Star predictions for 2023. Uh, we're doing the East and West starters, and we're doing the East and West reserves. Currently, they're doing voting on the NBA app, NBA.com. So definitely get your votes in. Me and Edgar will run off the starters for the East first. 
So, Egg, you can go ahead and start uh, it off. So, for the East, I got, what is that? What's that? I got Tatum, Jalen Brown. And they don't go by position almost. So, I'm just for the name. They still do go by position. That's what I was telling you. They still go by position with the guard and forward shit. Which doesn't make, like I told you before, it doesn't make sense because we're so positionless, bro. It's not, it doesn't honestly, make doesn't, sense. It doesn't make sense. But if I got to be technical, uh, I have Kyrie at guard. I have, damn, niggas really making me do positions. Kyrie at guard, <laughs> Harden at guard. Uh, I have Giannis at center and B at the four at power forward. And at shooting guard, I have Tatum. So, so this is how I got my starters. I got Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell as my two guards. I think those two players have been playing crazy at this rate. Uh, obviously, with the Cavs being a top four seed, Donovan Mitchell being the best player, I think he's going to get his recognition this year for being one of the best guards in the East. Jalen Brown is averaging 27 this year. So I know that Tatum is getting all of this credit <laughs> for being third, like the top MVP candidate right now. But that nigga Brown is averaging 27. I was going to say Jalen Brown, but we no. got to do position. So. <laughs> but they have Jalen Brown listed as a guard. So if you want to switch him out for another guard, you can. If you want to switch him out for Kyrie or Harden, you can switch him nah, out. No, I ain't. I ain't oh. mm. Nah, I'll keep Tatum at the three. I'll keep Tatum at the three. All right. So I got Jalen Brown, D. Mitch. I got Tatum, obviously. I got Giannis. And I got Embiid. This was tough for me because one of Tatum, Giannis, Embiid, and Durant has to come off the bench. One of them has to come off the bench. And those are probably four out of the top six MVP I got candidates. KD coming off the bench. Which me is too. Wild. I, got, I got KD coming <laughs> off the bench. That shit was tough. But I think at this moment, Tatum is a top two candidate. I think Giannis is a top three candidate. And I think Embiid is dropping 40 every other night. I that's think what I'm those, saying. That's what I'm like. I can't, no have, to be the three. I can't have KD at the four, and I got yeah. MB dropping 40 every night. That's I what I'm saying, bro. That's what I'm saying. That's why I got KD coming off the bench. But once again, I got Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Tatum, Giannis, and Embiid. And I had, just to rename my starters again, I had Kyrie, Harden, Tatum, Embiid, and Giannis. Those are my East starters. All right, flipping over to the West All-Star starters. Who you got? Now, this was... So I had to think a little bit. I got Ja. I got Luca. Those are my two guards. Uh, yeah, D-Book going to have to come off the bench. Sorry, D-Book. Uh, <laughs> I got Ja and Luca. Um, I got Braun at the three. Uh, this season no, I got, you got Braun? I got, I got Zion at the three. My bad. I got Zion at the three. I got Braun at the four. And I got Jokic at the five. So Ja, Luca, mm. Zion. Bron and Jokic. That's my. This is the thing about Bron. I think Bron is going to be a starter because of fan voting more so than I think he deserves to be a starter. So I, on my list, I have him coming off the bench, but it's no way they're going to have Bron coming off the bench. He's had I like truly, 10 to 12, 30 point games this year, bro. What you talking about? I would have AD over Bron. Even with the games, well, I would still have AD over Bron. Well, the thing is, AD is hurt. So I didn't want to count him 
I just automatically knew AD wasn't going to be a starter. So I didn't want to say AD's name and then say, well, since he's not playing, I'll put such and such in place. That's why I didn't even want to say AD name as a starter. AD's, AD's the, I think even with games missed, he was so dominant during those games that they're still going to, they're still going to put him as a starter. I still, I truly believe it. They, they might. I wouldn't be mad at it. But they I, might put I, him I, as a starter over Zion instead of over Braun. Like I said, Braun is a legend, bro. Bron, even though Zion is Zion, Bron, they're not going to put Braun off the bench, bro. You got to put think Zion AD, as a starter, AD bro. is a Laker, though. AD is a one, Laker. He's going to get that one of them. One of them have to sit, bro. Zion has the Pelicans as a top um, seed in the West. But this is what I'm saying. And lights out, and he's staying healthy. You got to have Zion as a starter. But this is, my, this is my all-star starters. I got Luka. Shout out to Luka, by the way. Nigga had 60, 20, and 10 yesterday. Video game wild. numbers. The niggas are fucking... That shit is crazy. But I got Luka at... The, the point. I got Curry. I got AD. I got Zion. And I got Jokic. Because obviously Jokic is the top three pick. That's why I said it's not going to happen. But just how I'm picking the all-star starters, I would have Braun coming off the bench. And I would have AD starting. Bro. That's how I truly and, believe. Even with and, how it's gone. And I got Curry coming off the bench just off of the fact, again, I was thinking forward of Curry's hurt, so I ain't even picture mm. him starting in the All-Star game. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I have Ja starting instead and of And that's the tough thing with the with the, the fan voting. A lot of that, I don't know if that shit is going to matter, Hakeem, because the fans are going to vote in Curry no matter what. That nigga is the most popular. Yeah, yeah, he, he in that regard. That shit ain't going to matter. And like I said about Bron, even though I think Bron deserves to come off the bench, He's going to be a starter because nigga one of the greatest of all time. So it's like, it's just on how we feel about these players, honestly, at this point. But, uh, and, and they both go got ahead. enough cachet now, bro, to where they both got enough cachet in their name and they're playing well still to where you, it's just a birthright at this point. They That's what I'm starters, saying. Bro. That's why I was like, they gotta be. Brian won't be in that bitch. KD is in a messed up situation because. KD should start because he's KD because he got that cash is just how, year, how Bron sure. and Curry does. But in the East, for his size year. and his position, it's a lot harder because of what Giannis and Embiid are doing. But this is why you should take off the positions because KD should be I, starting. I totally agree. I KD totally should agree. be starting. Yeah. Yes. KD should be oh, starting. Yeah. I probably will have. I probably will put D. Mitch on the bench instead of uh, Durant. But this is why. We say this year after year about the, this this position shit. It don't make any sense. It, it but, doesn't. Uh, it doesn't make sense. And moving on to the Eastern Conference reserves, bro. Who you got? Uh, somebody that I was totally right with my prediction before the season started. I'm, I'm gonna say the name in a second. But a lot of people laughed at me when we gave our, our predictions list, and I've been right the last couple of years with most improved player. Y'all gonna give Jalen Brunson his respect. I got Jalen Brunson as an all-star reserve player, bro. He deserves it this season, bro. He's he's the leading candidate to me and should be to everybody for most improved player. And I told y'all. We still got Tyrese Halliburton now. Don't forget about Tyrese Halliburton. I I ain't forget about him. Don't forget now. I'll be damned if Jalen Brunson ain't top two. He damn it. He at least two if he ain't. No, he he top two. He top two. He top two. So I I got Jalen Brunson as a reserve. Donovan Mitchell, like you said, Jalen Brown, uh, KD. Uh, who was that? Donovan Mitchell, and I'm missing one more. Missing one more. Uh, missing two more. I'm missing two more. Yeah, we got twelve, so we need seven. Ah, uh, damn! Now I got to think about these last two. I got you, bro. So I'll, I'll you pick up the last two. I'll start with my reserves. Bet. So I I have KD coming off the bench. 
I have Tyrese Halliburton coming off the bench. He's had a crazy year for Indiana. Indiana's in a playoff conversation at this point. He's averaging 20 and 10 or 19 and 10 at this point. Gotta put, gotta show uh, Tyrese Halliburton some love. And it's crazy because Wally Zerbiak was just talking shit about my man not too long ago talking about a wannabe all-star. He's for sure going to get in. After going through these names, he should clearly be in over a few niggas. Like, I think he should be in over Brunson. So I think I think uh, Halliburton. I have Bam in. I got Bam in. I'll dive into my explanation later. I forgot about Bam. I got Trey Young. I got Drew Holiday. This is why I picked Drew. Chris Middleton has not played this entire year, and the slack that Drew Holiday has been picking up this season has gone underrated and unrecognized. They're still a top two seed in the East, if not number one. They might be number one at this very moment because of Drew Holiday and his impact. Giannis is going to be Giannis. But the impact that Drew Holiday has put on the game this year, he deserves to be an all-star. And this will be his first all-star since his 76ers days. Like in his first couple of years, he was an all-star. So like 10 years later, he's going to get in again, I think. We got Pascal Siakam for the Raptors. I have Julius Randle making it instead of Brunson. I agree with you that I agree with you that a Knicks should make it. I agree. Nick got to make it, bro. One of these Knicks got to make it. Sure, I agree with you that a Knicks should make it, but I think it's I think it's Randle. I think it's Randle. Randle has, even though I think Brunson has more impact because of what he's done for the team this year. I think the better stats, 23 and nine, nine and a half, mm. I think they're going to give him the nod because they're looking at the stats closely. So that's why I gave Randall the nod. Mm, I ain't mad at that. So for my last two spots, since we're on opposite sides of the podium with um with Brunson and Halliburton, I'll put Trey Young in. Trey got to be in there. And I'll go with Bam. I'll go with your Bam point. So again, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brunson. KD, Jalen Brown, Trey Young, and Bam Adebayo. And, and that's the uh, crazy. You said one more. Uh, who else you said? You had Halliburton. Oh damn, yeah, Halliburton do make it. Halliburton makes it. Yeah, it Halliburton was that Julius Randle one. It was that Julius Randle. Yeah, one. it was that Randle one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is gonna be a good year for also. It's crazy because in mine, I left off Kyrie, I left off Harden. Yeah, that's and wild. I left off Brunson. That's crazy. I know that's, that's crazy. crazy. I know that's crazy, right? That's crazy when you look at and it. I was waiting but for you to say one of them. I was like, that's yeah, what I'm saying. That's Curry. what I'm saying. So I left <laughs> off the big names, and Harden is crazy because I think Harden is going to eventually get in. I think Harden is truly going to get in because he's been balling recently. I think Harden is going to get in, but I I can't take anybody off, bro. Like if I had to take anybody off, it would have to be Randall. But I'm like, damn, Randall. One of the Knicks got to make it. I can't take Randall off. Am I going to take Pascal off? Pascal been hooping too. So it's like, he's with so many niggas hooping, bro. Where it's like, and I want to go back to my band point. I Even though it's so many people averaging over 20 for the Heat, Hero's averaging over 20, uh, Jimmy's averaging over 20, Bam's averaging over 20. The impact that Bam has continues to go unrecognized. He's, he's the defensive player of the year candidate. He's averaging 20 and 10 this year. His offensive game has improved. His free throw percentage has went up this year. I think all around, Bam has become a better player. I think he deserves the nod over Jimmy. I think they do deserve at least one all-star this year. But I've been hearing a lot of Trey slander. I've been hearing that Trey doesn't deserve to get in. That's why I'm hearing Kyrie and Harden over Trey. And it was a lot of Trey talk. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about it now. I don't know if you got it on the dock. But the whole situation of him having beef with uh, 
with the locker room and whatnot. Yeah. And that's a that's a that's a tough situation. So give give your all star reserves one more time before we move on. Oh, um, for the West, uh, I oh, got yeah, for Jordan the West. Poole. Yep, I, I got Jordan Poole. I got Dame. Uh, da, 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 da. I got Clay. I got uh, Anthony Edwards. You leaving some names off, boy? You I leave? Am. I'm gonna just say that now. Nah, you leaving some? Oh, names AD. Off. AD, I forgot to say AD. You're leaving some names off. Uh, I didn't say D book yet. D book. It's gonna be that last one. You're forgetting a huge name. I'm gonna smack you with him. I'm gonna smack you. Who am I forgetting? You're forgetting a big one. Don't let it be somebody that I rock with. Shay? SGA? Oh damn! Yeah, you're right. You're right. Shay. Oh, oh yeah, I was missing one more anyway. Oh yeah, Shay Gilders Alexander. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So this is this is my this is my reserves. I got. I was trying not to go too small. I was trying not to go too small. That's why I didn't think about them. <laughs> and you were. I honestly don't remember you saying anybody big. Did you have any bigs on there? Ad. Oh, um, ad. That was about it. <laughs> yeah, I think you it was straight guard. <laughs> And that's the thing. I don't think all of those players make it because of the requirements. I think you need at least three forwards or centers. That's no, why in mine, I have I have Braun. I think Braun will fit that requirement. Shea Gilgis Alexander, bro, the season that he's averaging, averaging 30 points per game and so many clutch shots. We have that new clutch award this year. I think that could go to Shea Gilgis Alexander for the shots that he was, uh, that shot he's been hitting this year. I was honestly in person for one of the clutch shots he's made against the the Bucks, which was a dope experience. I think Shea. I think Sabonis. The Montez Sabonis. The Kings deserve more credit, bro. They're in the playoffs right now. I, I Before the season, I would have thought Fox would have got in, but Sabonis is just way more productive. It has been a central piece of their offense. I have Sabonis in. I have Paul George in. I have Ja. I have Damian Lillard. And it's crazy because I have Booker, but I have Booker with an asterisk. Because I honestly don't know if he's going to get in with the games that he's missed. Because he's already going to miss another month with this groin. He already missed the past couple of weeks. And that might bleed into All-Star Weekend. So I put Booker with an asterisk. I think Laurie Markkinen deserves to be an All-Star reserve this year, too. No Jordan pool? No pool, bro. No pool. No pool. No, I got to have pools in there, bro. I got to have No, because I can't put them with multiple All-Stars when they're currently, like, what, 10th? Ninth or tenth in the the West, I can't but put them I'm, in I'm that. I'm going off. I'm going off stats at least, bro. That's why it's tough. That's why I look, I got to look at both because I if you look at that stats, it's like yeah. But looking at the but, the record too. For the month of December, bro, thirty six four and eight, twenty three and four, twenty nine and four, forty three and six, twenty six, thirty two. Who stats two, are those? Twenty four and six. Jordan Poole, like over like mm. a ten to twelve game stretch. He has multiple 20 and 30 point games and a 40 piece on top of that. That's just the last What have month. you been that doing the whole cool. season though? Yeah, he going hot this month, but has he been an all-star? He was coming off the bench first part of the year. Recency bias. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I think marketing, marketing has just been so consistent this year, bro. And, and obviously it's an expectation thing too. When you didn't have a lot of expectations for the Jazz team. Most people thought they were going to tank for Wimby. The fact that they're seventh in the Western Conference, they deserve an all-star, and he's clearly been their best player. So Laurie Markkinen, if Booker does not play, 
I think marketing gets in. And I just want to tell people again who've been laughing at my predictions, I'm probably only really gonna miss with maybe I might miss Clay, with two. Clay ain't Clay ain't making it. No, I'm, I'm talking about with my predictions for um for the awards for this season. I'm probably only gonna miss with two pick? predictions. I picked Jaden Ivey for rookie of the year. I'll probably miss with that. Yeah, I'm about to say. And um Tyron Lue for coach of the year. I might miss with that. If the what you call it, if the Clippers, you know, don't you gonna miss MV- John not winning MVP this year. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and hold on, who you pick? Who you pick for defensive player? Uh, I pick Bam for defensive player. I pick Jalen. He Brunson should for win, but he always player. get hold. Say that one more time. Jalen Brunson for most improved. You got a chance with that one. My Bam my got- picks went all the way too crazy though. People was laughing like I just didn't know what I was picking at all. I'm like, hold on now. Shaw at least gonna be in the conversation. Jalen Brunson gonna at least be in the conversation. Bam gonna at least be in the conversation. Bam in the conversation Y'all, every year. Niggas yeah. just like picking the clear runaway picks, and it's like, nah, have a little spice with it. <laughs> Bam shit winning, but I think currently the odds on favor for defensive player of the year is Brooke Lopez, averaging the most blocks per game in the league, uh, being an anchor for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think he's currently the leader, but I agree with you, bro. I think it should be Bam every year, but here we are. And uh, speaking of that Trey Young trade that is looming over the Atlanta Hawks right now, I honestly don't think anything comes of this, but we've just been hearing a lot of news, a lot of scuttlebutt between, like, beef between uh, Trey and the coach, Trey and the locker room. We've already heard about him and John Collins. We heard a little bit of that last year. But now Chris Haynes reported that Trey Young could be the next person that could ask, uh, ask for a trade uh recently or coming up so how did you feel about the report and do you feel like something could come out soon uh i don't think it'll be anything to where trey feels like he wants to leave i don't think the hawks want trey to leave so i think they'll work something out to where he stays i can't make any guarantee about anybody else uh but it i don't even know who's really at fault because all we've been hearing is there's been a lot of Excuse me, there's been a lot of miscommunication and disagreement with him and the coach and him and a couple of the other star players. But nobody's really come out to say who's at fault. Like, why is such and such feeling this way? We just know there's beef. So mm-hmm. I can't even clearly say, yeah, it's Trey who's at fault for this or it's John Collins who at fault for this. When it's like, we, we got to get to the root of the issue as us as the media and the fans to figure out, damn, is it is it really worth talking about trade rumors right now, or is this just something that needs to just be an inside locker room fix? So I don't think mm-hmm. Trey goes anywhere. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. Me I just think he might have he might have a hump that he needs to get over when it comes to dealing with this team. I think it's the coach. I think they get rid of the coach and everything starts fresh. I think this team, mm-hmm. even though they're seventh in the Eastern or seventh or eighth in the Eastern Conference, a lot of people just expected more coaching wise and offensively and just system wise there's it's the same offense from last season but you added right. somebody as dynamic as DeJounte Murray who was an all-star last year so it's like bro you got to give me more than what y'all giving me in terms of the dynamic backcourt when it feels like it's still just Trey in the pips so I feel like the coach needs to change the offensive system uh needs to change but I don't see him getting traded like I, I agree with you that he doesn't want to be traded I think his perfect spot is Atlanta. He loves being in Atlanta, so I can't see him getting traded anywhere. You just got somebody to help you in DeJounte. And honestly, 
we've been hearing for years now that John Collins was on the trade block. Every year around the trade deadline, we hear that John Collins is going to get traded and nothing ever happens. So I feel like this news always spreads in Atlanta about somebody going to get traded and they usually stand pat. So I think that they're used, they're going to stand pat <laughs> and just go ahead with this team. They're just going to change some uh, ancillary pieces, but Trey isn't going anywhere, bro. And I don't even see where he would go. I don't even yeah, see where he go. Like what? The, where is he going? I, I think I seen a, a list of like his top options. They said the Heat were number two. I think the Bulls were number one. The Celtics were three. It was like the, the list hockey didn't even make sense because like why would he go to the Celtics? The Celtics have everything in place. I, I, I can't think, even see the Bulls working. I, the Bulls. Why would he go to the Bulls in the, in the Heat? Even though I would like him with the Heat. Like where? Like what? What do we have to trade to get this nigga? We're not trading Bam or Jimmy for this nigga. Like, who are we trying yeah. to get in? So it's like because Levine is being Levine is on the trade table. If you talking about getting yeah. Trey Young, it's not yeah. going to be a Levine and Trey Young partnership. No. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, who are you? You would have to, to give up the house. You would have to give up literally everything else picks if you try to keep that. Levine too. That's what I'm saying. You got to give up picks and all that. But still, with the way the direction that Chicago is going, why would they trade for somebody like Trey Young? You know what I'm saying? Like, point guard really yeah. isn't their issue, especially when you're paying right. somebody like Lonzo Ball for the next two years. Lonzo Ball is still right. on the books, even though he's not playing. So, it honestly, none of the none of the teams just made sense fit-wise. So, it was like, nah, I, I just can't see it. I guess I think he would fit with the Heat. That's the only one I'm seeing a glimpse of, bro. Other than that, it's kind of like, nah, I can't see him nowhere. Uh, Moving on. We got nothing for Two Wild Wednesday. Nothing for social media wants to know. Moving Yo, on to... Nah, you got something? That? Yeah, I got some. Okay. Uh, first one, Brock Purdy will be considered a top ten quarterback after this season. Too wild or not too wild? And let me Big just cap. read off the. Let me just read off the stats. Let me just read them all. From December fourth till now, December fourth when he played Miami, threw for two hundred and ten yards, two TDs, one pick, versus Tampa Bay, my Bucks. 185 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 134 passer rating. Next week, Seattle, 217, two TDs, 117 passer rating. Washington, 234 yards, two TDs, one pick, 114 passer rating. Brock Purdy is making the shit work, and he's doing a lot better job quickly than Jimmy G has done the entire time he's been there. He looks a lot better than Jimmy G. So if the 49ers go into the playoffs and they do well enough, and it's because of Brock Purdy that they look well enough, would do you see him being considered a top 10 quarterback if they do the impossible and, like, really get shit done in the playoffs? I can't see it, bro. I cannot see it. I can <laughs> see I can see him being, like, a top 15. I can see him getting, like, trade offers this year. Like, people are going to want him, but – I think this is, and I told you when the the injury happened, Mike Sh- or Kyle Shannon had, bro. It doesn't matter who he has playing quarterback, bro. As long as you can make every throw, he's going to make the system fit around you, where everything is going to be easy for you. One quick read, quick shit. It's like that's what I'm saying. We seen it with Matt Ryan. We seen it with Jimmy G, who a lot of people were so high on. Now we're seeing it with Brock Purdy. We've seen it with Nick Mullen. Kyle Shanahan is the reason for this. I can't put all of this on Brock Purdy because if Brock Purdy was to go somewhere else, 
He's not looking like this. <laughs> and that's and that's what I want to say. I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback in that sense. I think Kyle Shanahan is making him look the way that he's looking right now. I don't think he's a top 10 mm-hmm. quarterback, though. But he's good for what Shanahan wants to do. I agree, too. Wild. I don't think he'll be top 10. He will get a lot more eyes, though. After for, this sure. for sure. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, the next one. The Bucks should fire Todd Bowles and go after Frank Wright. Frank Wright being the former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, who was fired um, earlier this season. Too wild or not too wild? Mm, Frank Wright is kind of like mad at me. But I think I agree with your first part of the question with fire bowls for sure, or slide him back to just defensive coordinator. Or you could just do that and bring in like a real head coach. Because I think Arians, I took Arians for granted. I was talking so much shit about Arians, how he wasn't doing shit. His coordinator did all the work. My, we seen the real this year on who was keeping that <laughs> locker room together. We seen that shit this year. Arians did a lot for that fucking locker room, dog. So if they could just put somebody in that seat, that can just get in everybody's asses while left. I mean, with this, with the way Leftwich has been looking at shit, Leftwich can high key go. But Bowles is still a good defensive coach to me. So I think he could still coach defensively. But you have to get him out of that head coach. He's not a good head coach, bro. He's not. We've seen it with the Jets and we're seeing it with Tampa Bay. I would hate to take a black coach out of that position, but he's just mm-hmm. not fit for it, bro. He's not. I, I agree. I say not too out on both parts. I think we should, whether it's demoting Todd Bowles or just straight up firing him, I agree with Quincy. I think we should just demote him back down the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's not too wild to go after Frank Wright. Frank Wright was one of Is the Is he the top coach on the market or what? Uh, A lot of people saying Sean Payton. The I'm about to say coach. Sean Payton I, is number one. I, I don't see Sean Payton coming to mm-hmm. Tampa. Uh, Frank Wright name is up there, though. Uh, cause he, he, he was a big part in, I forgot who, who the won Eagles. Super Bowl 50. He was with the Eagles. Yes. He was the with offensive the coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator of that Doug Peterson team with all them trick plays and all them spread option plays. I feel like, bro, if Frank Wright came to Tampa with Todd Bowles still being that defense, I feel like, bro, that, that ain't nothing I'll turn my nose up at if I'm a yeah, Tampa fan. That's true. And honestly, I don't think Frank Wright got a good deal in Indianapolis because I agree. they've had good teams, but that quarterback position, they could never get right. But totally he was agree. always heralded as being a quarterback whisperer in a way, and he could never get that quarterback position right. If you give him a proven quarterback, I think you can make it work. Well, Frank, I, I agree. He may not be a quarterback whisperer to where he can make Jimmy G's and make Brock Purdy's like Kyle Shanahan. But like you said, give him the right quarterback. We already know he can develop a run game. We know he can have wide receivers running great routes. But if you just give him an already made enough quarterback, I think he can get the job done. I agree. Uh, but next one, Luca will go down in history as a better scorer than Kevin Durant. Too wild or not too wild? That's a tough one. He just got he and a lot of people had to clarify that Luca ain't the first person to get a 60 point triple double. It was Harden. Harden, but, but he is, was 60, 20, and 10. Though. 60, 20, and 10, yeah. which has never been done before. Yeah. So the fact that Kevin Durant has never had a 60 point game, think about that, bro. Somebody we we call the greatest scorer of all time. But that shows you what? Game. What does that show you? He don't force shit though. That oh, nigga yeah, takes true. the that that's nigga true. takes the he ain't gonna force 60. My nigga gonna get that 50 on that cool 20 shots. Yeah, that nigga is a that's what makes him one of the greatest scorers because 
he he gets that bit fifty four percent by every year from the field but, goal percentage. But you want to know something about forcing that sixty? If you're put in a position where you have to put everything on your back to get that dub. Like that, and I think that goes into consideration with a lot of people. With Luca, with that 60 20 10, Luca don't get Luca, don't try to force that 60, they're not winning that game. Shit, if you mm-hmm. don't try to force 50, they ain't winning that damn game. Mm-hmm. You know, with a lot of games with Jordan, Jordan faced so much physical competition that he had to force games like that. Kobe with the 81 against Toronto, it was like, yeah, it was Toronto, but Kobe had multiple 60 point games with certain Laker teams on certain seasons where you were like, hey, if Kobe don't hit that 60, I don't know if they win by 10 points like how they did. You know what I'm saying? So KD don't have to force 60-pointers, but damn, you a top three scorer all time and you ain't got one 60-point, even if you do it just for the fuck of it. You ain't got one 60-point game and Luka already got one and he 23? I say not too wild, bro. I don't think it'll – I ain't saying I think it'll happen. But I'm saying it's not too wild to have that thought in your mind that, hey, 20 years from now, we might say Luka a better scorer than KD. We just this is, might. This is the thing about Luka. Even though KD makes the game look easy and when he's a seven-foot shooting guard, this nigga, can't, this nigga Luka, bro, he makes the game look so easy. I've never seen somebody make the game look so easy. Pick and roll. I'm going to have you on my back. I'm going to do a floater. I'm going to put you in a post. You're too small. You can't guard me. I'm going to either do a fadeaway or I'm going to hook you and I'm going to get a floater or I can shoot the three over you. Like he just makes the game so simple and so simplified like nobody I've ever seen play the game before. Everything is just simple with him with the reads and shit like that. With KD, you can see him in so many different situations in terms of ISOs. So in terms of ISO scorers, I think KD will forever be the best I think I've ever seen because of his height advantage. But the way he makes the game look, speaking of Luka, I've never seen the game look that easy, bro. Because he could, he could hockey do this every night. Not the, not the 20 and 10, but he can hockey average 50 if he wanted to. He just makes the right play with the passes. Like, bro, he makes the game look so easy where he doesn't force a lot of things either. So that's a tough conversation, bro. I would say not too wild. But the, adv- the advantage of KD being seven foot, though, is where it kind of get tricky because he's the greatest weapon we've ever seen, bro. Yeah. It's nothing that you can do to stop KD. Well, we just seen him stop against the, the Celtics. I about to say, we just saw Tatum lock his ass up and send him home with no wins. <laughs> mm. we, I don't know if I've seen anybody really lock Luka up yet. But for 11, for 11 years, we didn't see anybody lock up that nigga KD. When Luka oh, did yeah, year 11, true. we might see, see some niggas clamp him up. That's so true. I don't know. So I don't know. I'm just shooting KD that bell because it's year 11. Because for the first That's 11 true. years, I've never seen anybody block yeah, his I shot. Never seen nobody I've never seen anybody block even, it or slow him down. Kobe. Kobe even yeah. said, hey, KD, damn near the hardest person I've ever had to guard. Like, <laughs> That's the thing about, because Luka doesn't have anything physical, any physical advantage. Yes, he's 6'8". But he's slow. He doesn't. He just uses his body weight and he's, he's his IQ. He's a non-muscular six eight. He's not yeah. a fast six eight. He's not a fast. He's six, not eight. the fastest on the court. He ain't the strongest on the court. He's not the most athletic. He can't jump higher than you. He barely dunked for real, if we're being <laughs> honest. But yet and still, Easy the man buckets. got a sixty. He got a sixty <laughs> pointer before KD, which is wild as hell to me. Which is wild. That's crazy. I don't, I don't put too much into that because I will still put K, even with no 60 pointers on his resume, I will still put the I will still put KD ahead of him. Even because even Braun got one, bro. Even Braun said, hey, I'm gonna get one 60 pointer. You know what I'm saying? 
Because when he did that shit against the Bobcats, Brian really didn't need to get six. Was that 60? I think that was 56. He dropped 56 against the Bobcats. Oh, he got 60. He got 160 pointer. He got a 60 on there? I know Melo got a 60. LeBron. I know D-Wade Corral is like 55. Was LeBron, LeBron 60? I think LeBron was 56 against the Bobcats. No, bro. It was the Bobcats. Hold on. It was the Bobcats. I know. I think he had 56, though. Let me see. LeBron James, March 3rd, 2014, Miami Heat versus Charlotte Bobcats. 61.7 rebounds, four assists. Damn. Okay, he got a 60 on his resume. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I remember him scoring 56 in one of them games. And that but yeah, 80% from the three that night. God damn. Crazy as fuck, my nigga. Crazy as hell. Nigga Braun go to. But yeah, that's a tough conversation, bro. It's one that we got to talk about in a few years, for real, after Luca gets some more buckets under his belt. And I'm glad yeah. you brought up Harden in that conversation because what have I been saying for the past two years? He's a white Harden, and we see him doing Harden-like shit <laughs> with the same type of, uh, you know, same type of shit, same type of stats. I've seen enough from Harden now to where I, I can say in his career he's not better than KD as a scorer. But no. with Luca, Luca has a chance to because I think he makes it look more flawless than Harden. He makes it look a little bit less easy. I mean, a little bit more easier with the way he transitions from basket to basket and the mm -hmm. way he's just a little bit more imposing, even with his lack of athleticism co mm -hmm. compared to Harden. Harden was getting the buckets, but Harden wasn't, you know, draping his body on people while getting the buckets. Like, mm -hmm. it was kind of like, a, hey, I'm going to use his quickness and his skill and my footwork as to where Luca, like, I can give it to you any way you want. So I would still have to give it to KD, though, bro. That's that's the easiest bucket I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I give it to KD still, I, I but still it's the conversation. To to I would still have to give it to KD, bro. That's the easiest bucket ever. Because nobody, once again, until goddamn Tatum, nobody stopped that nigga, bro. Nobody stopped him. That shit is nuts, bro. So I just, I just got to see some more. I got to see more. All right, and we didn't talk about college football playoffs, so let's actually go back to that before we move on to entertainment and current events. What are your predictions for this weekend, December 30th? We got TCU versus Michigan, and we got Georgia versus Ohio State. These are going to be some good-ass games, bro. What you got? What you looking at? Uh, I got Georgia winning by – I got Georgia winning by, like, two touchdowns. I got Michigan. Michigan and TCU, I ain't going to lie. Max Duggan. He gonna take that shit to the wire. I got Michigan winning it, but that game gonna go to the wire, and we gonna see why Max Duggan was in the Heisman conversation damn near way at the end of the season, bro. We gonna see. I I, I think that's gonna be the more entertaining game. I think Georgia gonna wow. beat. I think Georgia gonna be Ohio State handedly to where we clearly see okay the SEC running shit right now, but Michigan and TCU. That's the game I want everybody to watch. It's gonna be a back and forth. It's going to be a, I think it's going to be a high scoring game on top of that. A lot of deep throws, a lot of exciting plays. And I think Max Duggan, win or lose, is going to be the player of the game for that game. I have Michigan winning by at least two touchdowns. I think we're going to see the difference between Big 12 and Big 10 and how mm. elite or how good Michigan's defense is compared to what they've been seeing in the Big 12. Because you've been going down to the wire with Big 12 teams. So even though y'all scrappy as a squad, y'all haven't gone up against a defense 
and a running game like y'all going to have to go up against with Michigan, bro. So there's going to be a difference there. I think Max Duggan is obviously going to have a, a solid enough game, but playing against that type of defense, those type of athletes, I think is going to be a, a difference between Big Ten and Big 12. And I think that running game is really going to impose upon TCU. TCU does not have that great of a defense compared to our rushing defense. So I think that is really going to get exposed this week. I think they don't have to throw the ball that much because I think TCU has a good secondary, but they do not have a good rushing uh, defense. And that's where Michigan would take advantage. I think that's where they get over. Georgia and Ohio State, That's I think that's easily going to be the closest game. I talked about it when we first seen the college football playoff come out. That was the worst matchup for Georgia was seeing Ohio State in the first week. I think they were easily rather see TCU or Michigan in that first round. But Ohio State is going to get some problems. But I think they still win game-winning field goal at the end, bro. Georgia wins. Mm. I think it's going to be that close of a game, bro. And I'm hearing a lot of things about C.J. Stroud, about is he a top three? Uh, is he a top quarterback in this NFL draft? Is he a top two quarterback? I'm hearing people put Will Levis above him and Bryce Young, which is disgusting. Why? Exactly. This is the same shit that happened with Zach Wilson, and that's how y'all niggas dropped him too over Justin Fields, but I digress. But I think he's going to prove why he's the best or the second best quarterback in this draft. He's going to have his best game of the season against Georgia. It's not going to be enough, but he's going to prove himself in this game, bro. He's going to prove himself. But I think Georgia is too much. It's too much for Ohio State. It's too much. So because so you think you think Georgia or Ohio State going to be the close game? I think Michigan and TCU going to be the close game. And this is the thing with Georgia. And this is why I think Georgia wins. The mistakes in the secondary, even though they've had a month to prepare, the mistakes that I've seen with Michigan, where Michigan was getting all those deep passes on Ohio State, is where Georgia can take advantage with a couple of deep balls in this game where I can be like, damn, y'all y'all lack of awareness, you know what I'm saying, can really hurt you guys in a game of this magnitude, especially if it hurts y'all in a, a rivalry game like Michigan and Ohio State. I can see that biting them in the ass, their secondary not being up to snuff enough to keep up with Stetson Bennett and those type of wide receivers. I think that wins them the game. And just to pose a question for the future college football playoffs that we'll see when they expand it to 12 teams, uh, I had a question of, like, are we still going to have to wait a month before the playoffs start? They're going to start earlier, I assume, because it's more games that have to be played. Yeah. So I'm assuming that the championship is still going to be like early January. But I assume that games will start like a couple of weeks after the season. Instead of waiting a month, it's going to be like a two-week break. Then we start with like the five versus 12 matchups, six versus 11. And then the next week, we're going to see the heavy hitters. Like, So we're not going to wait a month. We're going to wait like two weeks for the first round. Second round is going to be three weeks. Because I was, I was just going to say – um it might be a situation where, like you said, middle we got to start middle of December. Because yeah. I don't think they're going to want college football to last into February. Yeah, yeah, because no, that's no. that's straight NFL playoff time. Mm-hmm. So all of January for the most – because that's why they make sure and hurry up and get college football done by the beginning of January. Because mm-hmm. every weekend in January at that point is playoff football for the NFL and then the Pro Bowl and then the Super Bowl in February. So mm-hmm. I I agree with you that I think once the season ends, probably like midway into December, 
like a week before Christmas, probably boom. That's when we get, you know, the, the first round and then the, the second round and the semifinals. And then, you know, we'll probably have, then it still week. ends. It still ends on early January. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's probably how it's going to be. And uh, moving on from that, we got Ed Reed becomes new head coach of Bethune Cookman. What's your take on this? Uh, so Adam Schefter recently um, announced this week that Ed Reed and Bethune Cookman have agreed on terms for him to be the next head coach of the university. I think this is great. Uh, I'm glad that another prominent former NFL player or just another um, prominent black coach in the NFL, not NFL, but in the space of coaching, have decided NFL, not damn, why I keep saying NFL, uh, HBC <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I just I want to give a shout out to Dion. Uh, Dion is clearly gone, he's at Colorado, so the Dion effect is no longer at Jackson State as far as like immediate effect. But Jackson State is still going to have a decent program. The assistant coach to Dion is now the head coach, and they still have a decent enough recruiting class coming in to where they they might not just go undefeated like how they were, but they'll be solid enough. So now Jackson State will forever have a foundation to continue to have a solid program. I think he obviously isn't – he don't got as much bravado and as much, like, swag as, as Dion, but he's Ed Reed. He's arguably the best to ever play his position. People are going to go to Bethune to play for Ed Reed off of the strength of that. So don't let us find out he really know how to coach, too, because he was with Miami the last few years. He wasn't necessarily a coach, but he was in the room with the assistant coaches a lot, helping develop those players at Miami. So he Mm -hmm. has some type of experience, and I think this is a good first step, stepping stone, whatever you want to call it, at a program that should really have no expectations. I think Bethune ain't no won no more than three, four games over the last two, three seasons in total. So I think this but, is a good program to try and turn around. It ain't going to be great because he still got to get players, but it's a sure. turnaround nonetheless. And I don't think he's going to have that same effect that Dion had. I think people are going to come to Bethune, but not at that same type of rate where it's like, these boys getting five-star transfers everywhere. I don't think it's going to be that same type of high effect because the swag I think it might. is just different between those two. The bravado is just different. Like the, we had Denisha on here earlier, even though Denisha don't keep up with the past football, so many people, even though they were born in the 2000s, the 2000s and don't really know about Dion, they still want to play about him because his name still rang after he was done playing football. And even though Ed Reed stopped playing around 2012, I don't think his name is ringing in the streets like that. Even though he's one of the best that play his positions, the, 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 the name's not ringing the same. You hear Deion Sanders, you automatically know, damn, that nigga got the swag. You're one of the greatest. And Reed don't pop in these young boys' heads like that, bro. That's I true. don't think it's that same effect. I think he still gets players, especially better players than what everybody else in the HBCU is getting. But I don't think it's going to be at that same effect. But how do you feel about the criticism about Dion? Even though Dion is gone now, we're going to bring him up as an example. People think that Dion used Jackson State as a stepping stone to get this job at Colorado. Do, and they, a lot of people feel like he used Jackson State. And that's why a lot of people are not fucking with him now. He was talking all this shit about changing the culture, this, that, the third. And he left after a couple of years without fulfilling his needs or fulfilling what people wanted from him. Do you think Ed Reed is doing the same thing by just using Bethune Cookman just to get a better job somewhere else? He's going to be here for a couple of years and then boom, he's going to get a better job somewhere else. Yeah, 
but why is it a problem if we use each other as stepping stones to elevate to higher places? Like, if Ed Reed comes in, no, regardless of how many seasons he does, if he does two seasons, three, five, whatever, if we see a huge turnaround from the moment he begins coaching to where they're a, a winning program or at least a mid-level program, and we see an advancement in their facilities and their you know, overall athletics department when it comes to the football um, aspect, if we see any type of improvement in the time that he's going to be there and that he moves on to somewhere else, Power 5, um, regardless of whatever conference or whatever school in these conferences, why should we look at Ed Reed? Why should we look at DR, any of these coaches who are going to do that? We've been begging the whole time to let black coaches into the Power 5 coaching space. And what I don't see the problem of using HBCU schools the same way they can use white JUCO schools to show that they can coach, especially if we're going to turn around the programs that we go to. Now, if Ed Reed goes to Bethune and he don't try to use his voice at all to like really change the program and elevate the facilities and like really just build a culture there, he just there to coach and don't say nothing else and nothing changes and then go to a white school, then I can understand the criticism. But at least with Dion, it's like, hey, if nothing else, if y'all don't want to give me credit for shit else, I change Jackson State at minimum. Like we can't we can say he ain't do this, do that with any other school if you want to, even though I can give facts on how he has changed the culture. But at bare minimum, he's changed Jackson State. With Ed Reed, I feel it's the same way. Hey, bro, if you can at least bare minimum change your school that you're at coaching, I think that's mission accomplished. Because this, mm-hmm. I, we've had this um, conversation before, me and Quincy. It's a lot of um, former players, former coaches or whatever, who have never chose to go to HBCU route. Like a lot of um, people that we know and grew up with, you know, chose to go to white schools when they got offers, you know, and, and could go anywhere they wanted to go. Or they went to certain prep high schools instead of predominantly black, you know, public high schools here in the city. You know, so I, I think a lot of people who criticize people who do this stuff don't even do it themselves. So I'm not mad at Ed Reed or Dion or anybody else who is using an HBCU as a stepping stone as long as you have a positive turnout with that stepping stone that you have. Everybody is a stepping stone at some point to somebody. Why are we mad when we do it with ourselves? But this is this is the thing with everybody is upset with Dion, but I agree that Ed Reed isn't going to have that same type of effect because Ed Reed isn't coming in saying that he's going to change the culture of this team. He's not even changing. He, he's not even saying that he's going to change Bethune Cutman. He's just coming in to work. But with Dion, it was the fact of, oh, he was saying he was going to change the culture. He was saying that he was going to do this, that, and the third. Even though I don't agree with the criticism, I can kind of see it of like, damn, you said you was going to do this for us. You said that we was going to play against the Alabamas. And you said you were going to change the way people think about these, uh, think, about, uh, think about HBCUs. And then you leave after two years. The mission wasn't fully completed. You went to have, you went to go to uh, to a better opportunity. That's good for you, but you didn't finish your mission that you had here. But the thing with Ed Reed, he's not saying that he's going to change anything. So he can go in, he can be here for a couple of years, have a positive turnout, and then go somewhere else. And people are going to be fine with it because he's not saying he's going to change the culture of this shit. It was just the fact that Dion said so much that he was going to do. And then it was like, damn, you changed some shit for sure, but you still didn't fulfill your mission for real. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's how a lot of people who are fans of HBCU football 
are looking at it and are not rooting for Dion. I definitely don't agree with that. I definitely agree that the goal should still be to get more black coaches in the power five, because that should be the goal. We still don't have enough black coaches in the power five conferences. And obviously with HBCU, we have all black coaches. So I think that's the goal where Dion is at, but I can see the criticism of he used them to get to this stepping stone because he didn't have any coaching experience before he went to Jackson state. He was a high school coach, even though Dion said he has a couple of D one offers. I'm surprised he picked Jackson state over those other D ones. Why didn't why didn't you go to those other D ones? But but why like should Jackson we be state surprised? was the one why? that gave him a real chance? Why why should we be surprised? Why do we have to be surprised that he picked the black school? Why can't we just be like, damn, he chose to go to Jackson State? Because if let's say let's say it was because USA, we because look, bro, because we see that was your goal. We see that power five was your goal from the jump. You left Jackson State. If Jackson State was what you wanted to do, if you wanted to change Jackson State, you would have stayed, bro. But we see from the jump, power five was your was your landing spot. That's where you wanted to go. It's nothing wrong with that, but that's why I say I'm surprised. Because we know what he wanted to be at the end of the day. We know he wanted to be D1 at a Power 5 school. So that's why I'm like, damn, I'm surprised he picked Jackson State over whatever those offers were before he chose Jackson State. Because just think about it in a different perspective. Because I'm, I watched the interview he did with Shannon Sharp where he he didn't just go out and say names of, of schools who wanted him to come coach and whatnot. But he did say, I had two other offers on the table. Let's just say it was the other way around and he chose one of those other two options and he purposely did not choose Jackson State. Could you imagine the backlash he would have got if we found out that you had Jackson State on the off on the table as an offer to coach and you chose to not go to a black school? I don't when you know. Had the bro. Opportunity? I don't but, know. But I don't think that would have been that much we, criticism. I don't think it would have been that much criticism. We can't want people to use their voice and use their platform. And then when they do it, we get mad because they're using their voice. So you mean to tell me people would be a lot more satisfied with Ed Reed? We talking about Ed Reed, bro. Damn it, the best safety to ever play. We'd be more satisfied if he says nothing and just be and just be quiet and coach at Bethune Cookman than saying, no, I'm gonna use my voice. I'm gonna make y'all pay attention to us. I'm gonna change shit here. We're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. You'd rather have somebody just quiet of an Ed Reed caliber? Like, but no, I'm bro, saying he's not going to he's, not, he's not going to get he's not going to get picked apart if he leaves like Dion is, bro. He's not because he's not outlandish and making he all these promises. Apart he can, he can use his voice for sure. He can use his voice, but over promising, promising that you're going to change the HBCU culture is where Dion got in trouble, and that's why all these HBCU fans are upset with him. But as long as you don't overpromise, that's cool. As long as you don't promise us that you're going to be here for a long period of time, that's cool. You can use your voice and say, yeah, bring all this attention to HBCU. As long as you don't promise to us something that you're not going to hold up, you're not going to hold up your end. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And that's the difference between Dion and Ed Reed, I think, right now. And why if Ed Reed leaves in a couple of years, even if he uses his voice, he won't get uh, diminished for it. You know what I'm saying? That's what, that's what I, I'm saying I right think now. he'll get diminished. I don't think he'll get diminished as much as Dion, like you said. But I think, and we've, we've said it before, bro. Five years, 10 years, 15 years, it don't matter, bro. Because people are still, everybody keeps saying people are still going to look at HBCUs the same way and still treat them the same way. We got entertainment and current events. And Tory Lanez was found guilty on all charges against Meg Thee Stallion. 
Yeah, so the trial of the last three years, the I, I call this the trial of COVID. Because no, you know what happened in the heat of COVID. You know what, bro? This is one of the this this trial put a lot of things in perspective for me. It did. This 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 honestly was the trial of this generation. You know why I say that? Because it showed mm. the split between men and women and what we are mentally and how we're so separate on uh, so many different things. Because you, it honestly felt like you had to pick a side or if you was on Tory's side of Mexico, it never felt like anybody was neutral. Even though I was neutral, I was just waiting to see the facts. It felt like so many people were picking sides when it came to this shit. Even though it happened recently, yeah, a COVID uh, trial. This was the trial of our generation, bro. We really got to see how niggas yeah. think. Like, you really got to see how a nigga think about certain shit if you ask him about this case. Like, damn, that's how you really feel? Like yeah, with the OJ trial, like how the OJ trial still get talked about 30, 40 years later, it's the same shit with this. It's that same type of vibe, even though nobody was murdered. Sorry, man, a nigga was shot. But it's like, this shit is crazy how you see how so many different opinions came out of the woodworks. Nobody would feel the way that you would expect them to feel with this type mm -hmm. of case. Because you'll be surprised. Like, damn, you feel that way? That's crazy. Because we originally, when this first happened, and everybody found out Meg got shot and it was shit was pointing in Tory direction. Shit was adding up to where me and Quincy, we both originally said, yeah, yeah. Tory did that shit, bro. For sure. Like it, <laughs> I, I don't see no reason to say he didn't do it. Tory did it. <laughs> but then as months went on, as we got into the next year and and it just didn't happen to where he finally went to jail for. I'm like, well, damn. Did he Maybe really he didn't do it. <laughs> and, and I never wanted to discredit Meg because Meg is the victim in all this. Meg the Stallion was shot. I do agree with that. But I do want to, I like playing devil's advocate with this because you got some people saying, well, she lied about getting shot in the first place. She said she lied because she was trying to protect everybody that night. And I don't disagree with that. If you feel like the police would have shot first and asked questions later, I ain't mad at you for trying to protect everybody. But you have people out there saying, well, she lied about how she was really fucking with Tori. She lied about not getting shot in the first place, lying to the police. What else, quote unquote, could she be lying about? So I understand the devil's advocate point of that. But at the end of the day, she was shot. Tori is a suspect. And I might not have felt as strongly as I did at first because his evidence wasn't conclusive on the gun. Yeah. And honestly, but it still wasn't conclusive by the end of this shit. Everything else was pointing to him. Witness mm -hmm. statements, like text messages. Like, I don't, I don't know what else you could say other than, yeah, bro, you did it. You got one strong case, and that's the fact that your DNA is inconclusive on the weapon. Other than that, you booked, bro. You booked. You did it. And you deserve to go to prison. I don't know if he deserved 20-something years because Meg ain't dead. She was up twerking the next day. But, like, I don't know if this, he deserved This is the crazy thing about this trial, bro. Like In this trial, it really made you see, not honestly how people think, because it did do that as well, but how you can almost get away with some shit when everything is pointing in your It honestly felt like the OJ case, like you brought up earlier about like, we feel all of the evidence is pointing toward him. Nothing is conclusive though, where it's like, it's, it's definitely this nigga. But everything is pointing this nigga direction. Everything was pointing to him. You know what I'm saying? Even because this nigga had gunpowder on his hand. Everybody, all of the witnesses, even though during the trial they were trying to like plead the fifth and shit, all of the witnesses said he had the gun in his hand. So everybody said you were there. Everybody said you shot the gun. But then everybody acts weird around the trial. It was the same thing with that OJ. OJ was like, that nigga clearly did this shit. 
That nigga put on a glove. That nigga, that shit don't fit. It's like y'all niggas just folded the case with the OJ shit. The prosecution folded the case with this one. The prosecution ended up coming through and did enough, I guess, for the jury to get it over the hump. Because I know Tori was trying to bribe a lot of people. That was a big thing going on throughout this trial. I heard that he was trying to uh, bribe that jury security people. guard went missing. The, the a security bit. guard went missing and uh, well, yeah, turned up after the the shit was uh, resolved. <laughs> Uh, I heard that he tried to uh, pay Kelsey or whatever. Yeah, Kelsey uh, throughout this mm-hmm. trial. And she even admitted it on the stand. So it was like he or him doing the bribery shit. Like everything was pointing in this. I mean, the text messages of that night, bro. How he texted Meg, I'm sorry. The phone call from jail. Everything pointed in Tori's direction. But it was still like that. Maybe, maybe Kelsey did shoot her ass. I don't know. Because she did say that she stepped in glass at first. Then everybody was questioning, like, why would you lie for Tori? And then we yeah. then we find out the, the real of their relationship. Like, oh, you was fucking with Tori. Oh, that's why you lied for that nigga. But he must have been talking too much. So you decided to change your mind. And then you decided to press charges against that nigga. Because I'm assuming that's how it went. She didn't want yeah. anybody to get in trouble. But that nigga was running his mouth like he didn't do the shit. So it was like, all right, nigga, I got something for your ass. <laughs> so that's why he that's why we went through this whole two-year-long process. Cause do you think the sentence that he's facing, do you think he deserves 20-something years? We we just want to put the disclaimer out now, y'all. We do think Tori is guilty. We do think he deserved to be punished. We do think he needs to go to prison. But do you think he deserves 20-something years? Is it really worth that? I don't think he gets 20 years. I think he gets five. I think he gets five years and probably gets that's what earlier. I was thinking. Yeah, I he think gets he five get and gets five. Yeah, five. He gets early. Yeah, because I was talking. If they give this man a max sentence, I ain't gonna lie, bro. I'm gonna be shaking gonna, my head he at that. He if he get a max sentence of twenty something years, just for shooting some, I ain't saying it's right, y'all. But damn, shooting somebody in the foot, you get a dub for shooting somebody. In the I'm foot. surprised oh, they didn't put that down as like attempted murder or some shit like that. That's usually how the white folks like to spin it, but. I but digress off that one. It wasn't put down as attempted yeah. murder at this point. So it's yeah. like... And, and going back, because I talked to... We talked about this a little bit last week off the pod. Me and Edgar did. And I was telling him, like, I would be very surprised if he was even convicted. So I was surprised he was convicted. Oh, no, there was, he was getting booked. Tory getting booked. I, knew I was telling him this was going to be a mistrial because I was somebody who was keeping up close with the trial. And there was so much circumstantial evidence, but it wasn't conclusive, bro. Speaking of the DNA, the witnesses was coming on the stand telling half truths, trying to get themselves out of the situation and not trying to fully pin down Tory as somebody who shot him. They had a couple witnesses like that. I'm just reading the, the Twitter threads, and I'm like, this nigga going to end up getting off because nobody is clearly saying he shot her, and let's go home. Like, everybody was like, yeah, Kelsey pleading the fifth. The witness was like, yeah, I seen, I seen the girl had a gun, then I seen him had a gun, where it's like, my nigga, who had the gun, who shot? Like, so nothing was very clear throughout that trial, but then we got the text messages that came up that was a constant thing where it's like, why are you apologizing if you didn't shoot her? Why did you yeah. call the bodyguard? You know what I'm saying? It was so much so much of that shit where it was like, okay, I can see how the jury came to the conclusion of guilty. But those witnesses didn't help the prosecution at all. They really didn't. Yeah. They really didn't. Because I don't know how Kelsey skated her ass out of that shit. <laughs> hey, the, the trial of the COVID era and the trial of our generation, bro. That's what this we're is, this, this is really where we're at, bro. We, niggas was split on this. Niggas was rooting for Tory to get out that jam for real when they knew most likely that he didn't shit. The Me Too movement, the Tory and Meg trial, COVID, 
them probably the three biggest waves of this generation. Cause Me Too movement, you got Bill Cosby oh, fucked sure. up. You got R. Kelly that got fucked up. Weinstein that got fucked up. Uh, Dan Schneider that got fucked up. Like, so you got the whole Me Too movement of locking up very prominent people in the entertainment industry for doing fucked up shit. You got R. Um, not R. Kelly, but you got COVID that fucked everybody up in the whole world. And then you got mm-hmm. Tori and Meg, the trial of damn near the decade, if you want to be honest. <laughs> Now that shit, that shit definitely shook some tables. That shit started in 2020, so if we want to just go ahead and mark that trial of the decade, we can. So and it's crazy because and it's crazy because yeah, I'm starting to hear like appeals and that type of shit starting to come out. But I think that nigga's guilty. But um, I didn't like. I was talking to you last week about this too. Like I didn't like how they were running Meg's name through the dirt and bringing up like the relationships, the past relationships she had with Ben Simmons, the baby with Tory Lanez when. That had nothing to do with the trial. Like we're 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 at the trial to know if he shot her or not. What does the past relationships or what does the situation leading up to the shooting have to do with this at all? It doesn't matter how she was reacting at Tory House or at Kylie House. It don't matter who she was fucking on before this. It don't matter if she betrayed her friend by fucking on Tory Lanez. That don't matter with the situation at hand of who shot Meg. They was bringing that shit up at court like that was going to steer niggas the wrong way and steer people, steer the jury toward Tori of like, oh, she was fucking on the baby, so she definitely didn't get shot. She would just be lying about shit. It's like, nah, nigga, the evidence still pointed to you being the killer. It don't matter what happened before or earlier that day at a bitch house. That shit does not matter. I hate it that they were bringing up her past life. Now we starting to hear that party. Uh, Meg's boyfriend feels uncomfortable because now... All her dirty laundry out in the open now. Meg obviously probably feel a way about this shit. And it was obviously unnecessary because it was it had nothing to do with the case at hand. If she if she was shot or not, that's literally the question we came to answer. And we heard so right. much other shit. So that shit was crazy. And, and that's that's why I couldn't be one social media that was like, I I just also believe Tori or I also believe Meg. It was like, I'm just gonna sit back. I'm gonna yeah. look at each piece of evidence. I'm gonna look at each piece of information. And be like, hmm, okay, I, I see this. I also see this. I also see this. It was people taking full fledged sides. I'm like, y'all, just chill. Mm-hmm. We don't know. Meg is the victim. I totally agree with that. But I don't want to just sit here and say this nigga clearly did it when well, he ain't locked up yet. If he ain't locked up yet, then he got a good case on how he mm-hmm. could have possibly not have done it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that shit was crazy, bro. And uh, moving on to the next topic, we got Akon hating on black Americans. Yeah, so it was this clip of Akon in an interview with um, somebody. I, I didn't get to see who the interviewer was, but Akon kind of came off hating on black Americans, saying that Africans are just such better entertainers. Uh, they know how to, you know, please the audience better with, you know, the performances that they give. He even went so much as to just, shaming us of our music culture saying if you have a black american giving a music performance his pants hanging off he's so drugged up that he hide that he can't even deliver a, a good performance in africa we ain't like that we wake up you know just off of energy you know our kids like they they're natural entertainers and whatnot and people and i'm not sure what else he said in that interview i'm sure he could have said a lot of inspirational shit but that one clip, because y'all know they like to pull certain clips and just paint a narrative of your whole interview. That clip had a lot of people upset. I was upset about it too. 
Because I don't think Akon no messed up individual because of all the stuff he does for black people in other parts of the world. But I did not like that clip, bro. I did not like him saying that because you used our music. You used our culture to become at least part of the successful man that you are. So, I got the clip right here. Yeah. We a little different when it yeah, comes to yeah, stage yeah, presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. America, oh yeah, them niggas gonna be wobbling, pants hanging half down, bored as hell, half to sleep because they high as hell. Right, on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Africa, we wake up morning like, look. I mean, look at these YouTube clips of all these kids from Uganda and yeah. how they be. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah, these yeah. kids are performers. Like yeah. so, when for us it comes natural, you know, like to watch the kids from Africa. Mm. So that's yeah, the clip I, right I wasn't fucking with that. I wasn't fucking with that. I don't know. Because <laughs> he, he is telling the truth. And that's why I don't really go to concerts like that now. I don't know how it is in Africa. So I can't honestly agree or disagree with what he said about Africans. I'm probably I'm pretty sure they have do have more energy. Because you go to the Caribbean, they got way more energy than what we do here. And be twerking and all that other shit. But he tried to make hip-hop. He tried to make trap hip-hop culture speak for all of black american entertainment oh and and that's what i didn't like he didn't give examples of how beyonce concerts are an entire experience Mm. he could have said drake when have you seen drake high as fuck performing at a rap concert with his pants hanging off never drake gives some of the best performances Mm -hmm. goddamn um he could even went to the past of James Brown, Michael Jackson, DMX, a very RIP to the doll, DMX, a very prominent hip hop artist who did have his pants hanging off or whatever, did a concert in Africa. It looked like the entire continent came to the damn concert. Niggas so did. that's what I'm saying. Kanye, Kanye gives some of the greatest performances, regardless of how we feel of him as a person, as an artist, any person who has been to a Kanye concert, it was an experience. So the fact that he tried to make trap music concerts sound like that's just what all Amer- black American performances are like, I didn't like that, bro, because he could have gave so many other examples, but he gave that one specific. Rod Wave is a trap R&B type of rapper, and people even say Rod Wave concerts are great. Rod Wave don't even do that much, but the way mm-hmm. he controls the crowd and just has such a positive vibe, don't let the... The little whatever is in the little whatever is in the, the rappers who go to jail every other month and shit. Don't let them mm-hmm. people be the people you try to exemplify when you come to talking about our music culture and how we perform. That's and honestly, you came over here, that. nigga, because you took you, you came yeah, over here to do take, that. You, you took advantage of this, yeah, this culture, nigga. No, that, like it's just always been that type of way. You know what I'm saying? You came over here, you profited off this business, and you exactly. went back to Africa. So don't act like you weren't a part of this shit and you weren't heralded as a black American when you were over here because you were. So you would have been wrapped up in that same type of uh, category that you're trying to put a uh, uh, type of generalization that you're putting everybody else under. So, yeah, I can't agree with him on that. Because he ain't saying. wrong. It, it's certain artists. It's that certain. That's what I was I like. It's fuck. certain artists that I was like, I can understand what she, you're saying. Yeah. Even the best of the best. I love Wayne to death. I'm the biggest Wayne fan you'll ever meet. Wayne probably high as fuck every time he do a performance. But even Wayne, pants sagging, high as fuck, it's an experience when you see little Wayne because he loves the fans and he knows what to put into a performance. So even if you watching somebody high, hell, there's plenty of white entertainers that perform high. But why you ain't say them people? Like, he just really wanted to down our trap music culture wave that's really hot right now. And he mm-hmm. just tried to make that sound like that's what you're going to get when you see black American performers. I ain't like that generalization. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I feel you on that one. And moving on to movie and show news, we have Avatar is on its way to making $2 billion in the worldwide box office. I think they've already crossed the $1 billion threshold, so definitely shout out to Avatar. That is going to be our next video up after this episode. We're going to have Avatar, and we're going to have, I mean, I watched a few movies this weekend. I don't watch Glass Onion. I watched Last Chance You. I watched the Prey movie. So whatever we can uh, get out for you guys, Last but definitely, huh? Last hmm? Chance You was out? The new season? Yeah, the new season is out, but yes, sir. Oh, that's crazy. I got to watch that shit. Yes, sir. Whoa. Last Chance You is definitely out. Last Chance You is definitely it's, out. It's a show I want to um start watching that I was going to tell you about, too. You ever seen a show called The Magicians on Netflix? I seen it just pop up, yeah. Um, one of my coworkers, he was um, cause you watched Harry Potter before, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, oh yeah, we was talking about the Goblet of Fire and all that shit. So, um, he was basically saying it's like a the boys version of Harry Potter. Mm. So it's do like, you even watch like, the boys? Nah, but when he, I mean, I know the, <laughs> I understand the concept of the boys, and yeah. I've I've seen like clips, and I understand the premise of it to understand what he meant when he said that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, like for example, they dive way deeper into Greek with the magicians than they did in Harry Potter. Because if you remember, mm-hmm. there were centaurs and this and that in all of Harry Potter, but they never really dove into the religion mm-hmm. of it, into the how. And he said you can buy magic in the magicians and magic is like not just passed down through ancestral lineage and all that. He he was really saying how it's like, it's a lot of what if stuff with the show, the magicians. So gotcha. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, it's five seasons. Yeah. God damn. I thought that's some shit that just came up. Nah, I'll check I, it out. I, I, I put him on invincible. Yeah, I got a boy watching that Invincible in, right now. I hate that Invincible. Their page keeps letting us know when they're going to have an update. They'll tweet out some shit. They'll be like, update coming next week. It's nothing that came out. I think they just dropped the... <laughs> they're going to have... It's going to come out in 2023. They just said it's going to drop in Yeah, early early 2023. It's yep. like, my nigga, you giving me no news. You just you could have just kept this shit, nigga. But the but, good uh, thing about that... The good thing about that is we should get so much... Um, We're getting 20 episodes, dog. Yeah, bro, we we should get so much product, you know, since oh it took this God. long. And they when might was, be working on season, season three one? already because they got renewed for season two and three. Yeah, when was season one? Twenty twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, twenty twenty three will be full two years since season one, and I ain't, I ain't mad at it since we're getting so much now. If we was only getting ten episodes, I'd have been mad at it. I like, would, it hey, bro, I would, I, even if it was ten episodes, how great that show is. I would have waited them two years happily waiting for them niggas to come back. <laughs> that show too great, my Possibly. nigga. Possibly. <laughs> especially the quality we got with that. Bro, you ain't getting that type of quality yet. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere. So. That's definitely. true. And moving on to Pastor Ox, man. What you got for Song of the Week? Uh, Pastor Ox. Speaking of Lil Wayne, I got Amazing Amy. Lil Wayne Ooh! featuring Migos. <laughs> That's R. one of my P. favorite Wayne songs, bro. That's one of my favorite ones. I don't even know if you'll be able to post that. You might have to go to SoundCloud to get that shit. I don't even think that's on Apple Music or no shit. Damn. Yeah. Damn. I used to put that one. I'm in love with that hoe, bro. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I got, damn, what I got, bro. Let me see. I got, I got, I got a couple, bro. 
I got love language by SZA, mm. and I got still standing by Children of Zeus. Got a couple for this week, bro. Uh, my second one. What would my second one be? Amazing name. Mm. I haven't heard that song in so long, bro. Was bro, that song for the wait too? That. Was that song for the wait too? Nah, it wasn't. I don't even think it was on anything, bro. It was just one of them random ass songs that got dropped. You know, when that 2014, though? Random shit. It was 2014. Yo. That was 2014. Either I remember 2013, that shit. 2013, 2014. Prime Egos. Prime Egos for sure. That bitch gonna kill me. She said, he said, so. <laughs> you know, she said, that bitch gonna kill me. And so I'm, I'm blanking on what he's saying, bro. Damn, he said that bitch gonna kill me or something, something. But yeah. Uh, What's your second one? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go, shout out to the Migos again, bro. Big Sean sacrifices featuring amigos this is a top five big sean song bro it's on that i decided project mm-hmm. if y'all don't fuck with big sean just listen to the i decided album and i promise to god you're gonna be like damn this man that's like, what that nigga said she said she gonna kill me and she gonna be famous that's what that nigga way say yeah yeah I just, that line just hit me yeah yeah she gonna kill me then she'll be famous I'm yeah gonna... but sacrifices though I cut the fuck shit drama out my energy, focus on the inner me, never on the inner me. I was like, hey! yo, this nigga so. RP my nigga take, man. RP. And moving on to movie and show reviews. Like we said before, we got Avatar 2 coming out. Edgar, what else we got coming out? Uh, I got to watch Glass Onion. It's on Netflix now, so I can watch that. And Last Chance You, I'm going to go ahead and get my, my look on with that. I ain't even, they had no promo for it, for real. Not really, it just dropped. <laughs> yeah. It just dropped for real, but yeah. But gla- I watched Glass Onion though. Know, that shit was I ain't gonna say that. But Some, last somebody chance- said somebody said with Glass Onion, they should have treated Glass. They should treat Glass Onion like how they treat it Fast and the Furious. They said that's how good the second. It one should was. be like a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and I think they're at least making three of these. They're at least making three. Mm-hmm. Of these. So it's gonna be another one after this one. So I think yeah, it's some dope shit. I fuck with Glass Onion. And uh, last chance you was. Mm, and then Prey movie was good. So definitely excited <laughs> for those. <laughs> All right. And uh, Edgar, you got anything else? Uh, do I have anything else? Uh, nah, that's it. Um, Like we said at the beginning of the episode, y'all, thank y'all for tuning in with us. All of 2022, we are three years in. We we got to make sure this fourth year is is something special. We we really got to um get on our high horse, you know, with uh, – getting better equipment. Quincy just got a new mic. Uh, I got a new mic, headphones, and a new ring light. Uh, we got to get our product out to y'all. We got to get our website back up and running. So that's something 2023 that wanna, is a big year. Yeah, that, that's something I really want to say as far as resolutions. And I, I kind of got out of the whole resolutions wave. Um, mm-hmm. But I, and I, I use the word goals instead of just resolutions now. So yeah. as far as goals for q and I, I just want to say I think we'll We'll finally meet our goal of product distribution. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll meet our goal of just having a much bigger audience. Those are the two goals at minimum I want us to reach for 2023. So we hope y'all stick with us going into the new year. Y'all be safe. That holiday traffic is terrible. People stuck everywhere for flight delays and all that. So yeah, y'all be safe. Yes, sir. And one more for me, uh, resolution, more reviews in general, show reviews, movie reviews. I feel like we've been stuck in like the Marvel fan because that's what's hot right now. 
But I think we're going to bust out of that this year or just start to review anything that drops this year. Because that's really all we do is like Power of Marvel. So I think we're going to bust out of that bag and just remove more and just widen our horizons. So that's a resolution for me. All right. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we out. Peace. They might pull that bitch up. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the Q&E podcast. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And feel free to listen to us anytime on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Submit all questions and inquiries to qnepodcast at gmail.com.